Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I left China because there were some things I wanted to do in my life and didn't want to admit I was too old for that. On the next episode of On the Job, the podcast from Express Employment Professionals, a man discovers his true passion. Find this episode of On the Job at expresspros.com slash podcast or search for On the Job in the iHeartRadio app. See you next time on the job. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. It's in theaters tomorrow. Bruce Willis stars in Eli Roth's reimagination of the original action film Death Wish. After a devastating home invasion, a family man morphs into a badass revenge machine when the system fails him. So he decides to take matters into his own hands to protect his family. The big question is whether the audience views him as a hero or a villain based on how far he'll go to protect his family. Bruce Willis becomes both a force to reckon with and deeply human, full of swagger with a bit of that classic Willis charm. Don't miss this action thriller death wish in theaters tomorrow. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Thursday morning better than the guy who was trying to cover James Harden last night in L.A. Did you guys in L.A., did you see the crossover that, uh, was it Wesley Johnson? Who was the guy who got crossed over so badly? Did you guys see the who, highlight? Who was the ever- guy that got murdered on the court? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, Wesley Johnson. Wesley Johnson. Ooh, he got vaporized. I don't, you know it's bad when you're watching a highlight um, and it's a road highlight and the entire arena for your team is basically like just ridiculing you, right? I mean, I know the Clippers aren't the Lakers. I know the fans of the Clippers aren't quite as loyal. And I know that the Rockets have won 14 games in a row. And by the way, we're going to talk to Brandon Wright 
uh, from the Houston Rockets in hour three. He was on the court watching that uh, that display last night. What was it like to see that crossover and hear that crowd reaction? But it is uh, taken over the internet. That crossover reminds me a little bit. Um, there's a lot of like great crossovers that have become iconic. I can't remember the, uh, the guy's name now from Wake Forest. Uh, do you remember the Wake Forest one where I think it was the ACC tournament? Was it Childress? I believe Childress was playing for Wake Forest against UNC, and he crossed over somebody so badly. And then, like, the guy was on the ground, and he actually made the motion, like, get up and come over here. Yeah, Randolph Childress. Yeah, Randolph Childress. I think that's still number one. um, Because I think now you would get, uh, I think he would get a foul called for taunting if he did, like, the come over here uh, message thing. Uh, But that was for Wake Forest. When was that? That was probably 20 years ago now, maybe longer ago. 1995. Uh, 1995. I don't even know how many people remember that. That's old school, uh, old school trash talk. If you remember that one now, Uh, that's probably the best I've ever seen. uh, That crossover Wake Forest against UNC. And I'm pretty sure that was in the ACC tournament back in the day. I think Tim Duncan might have been on that Wake Forest team. That's how long ago it was back when Tim Duncan was actually still in college. We keep pausing this play, Clay. And one of the best parts of uh, plays like this is the reaction from the fans in the crowd and the owner in this case if you pause it right where Harden is showing off the you know the rockets on his jersey you could see bomber right there with this dumb look on his face and well you can also see Wesley Johnson thinking to himself like <laughs> yeah I don't even want to can I just leave it's like the Southwest Airlines want to get away ad you just like Wesley Johnson right there just wishes the court would open up and he could just slide right into the locker room without having to go anywhere else. Like, okay, the game's over. And I don't know what the score was at that time, but I think the Rockets were up like 25 points. So it was already an ugly situation. I think the funniest thing about it all is the crowd reaction. It's like the Clippers fans were actually letting Wesley Johnson have it as much as uh, James Harden. That's going to be fun to talk to Brandon Wright about because I'm curious how much discussion there was in the Rockets locker room after that. Uh, and uh, and also what Wesley Johnson I, I would like to talk to somebody in the Clippers locker room because I don't know what Wesley Johnson does to have that uh, have that erased because it's going to be everywhere like he certainly can't get on social media for like the next 24 hours at least probably the next 48 just because there's no point in even trying to read your mentions right now yeah. I can't tell you how many times we've played the clip over and over and, and it gets better every time yeah it's like a great film you pick pick up something different Every time you watch it, if you haven't seen that uh, that clip, we'll retweet it here for you in a little bit. You can go find it at Clay Travis or at Outkick. Um, so we've got a loaded show for you today. So you can, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, if you're planning your day with us, we're going to talk to Doug Gottlieb about this college basketball scandal. Um, Gottlieb obviously hosts the three to six a.m. Eastern show uh, for Fox Sports Radio, but uh, he's going to come on and talk about that. We'll also start to break down the NCAA tournament. Hour two, Alex Marvez is Alex Marvez in Indianapolis. I'm betting he probably is. Uh, is going to join us. We'll talk about the Combine. We'll talk about Kirk Cousins, all of the trade deadline that's coming up soon in the NFL. And then, like I said, in Hour 3, we'll talk to Houston Rockets' Brandon Wright. We'll ask him about that James Harden move and everything else surrounding it. Uh, I did see this info, which I thought was kind of uh, kind of interesting. Uh, USA Today released their list of the top basketball coaches from the perspective of uh, of salary. And I was kind of intrigued by this. Um, and I'm curious if you guys would be surprised by some of these names. It's I don't think anybody out there, as we come closer to the NCAA tournament and all these coaches are under siege and everything else, I don't think anybody else, anybody out there is surprised that Mike Krzyzewski 
is the highest paid basketball coach in the country. I think most of you, if you were guessing on it, would not be surprised by this. But I do think this compensation is interesting, if only in the light of the NCAA scandals surrounding whether or not guys are getting paid. When you look at how much college basketball coaches are making, it puts into perspective how much more ludicrous it is that, for instance, they deny it, but the fact that you could get a guy like DeAndre Ayton for $100,000. Mike Krzyzewski is going to make $9 million, basically, this year to coach college basketball. I don't know how many NBA coaches are making more than $9 million. Maybe Popovich? Is there anybody in the NBA right now making more than Mike Krzyzewski, or is he the highest-paid coach in all of basketball? It's a good question. Second place, not a surprise either. John Calipari right at $8 million. That's an extraordinary salary for a college basketball coach as well. And then I'm not sure if there is a reason whether he got a big bonus, what the exact reason is why he would, uh, why his salary would be this high. But this is the one that kind of stunned me, at least when I was looking at it. And obviously he's done an incredible job this year in the Big Ten with Ohio State. They're one of probably the three or four biggest surprises in college basketball this year. I would say the four biggest surprises right now in major college basketball this year are Tennessee, Auburn, Ohio State, probably Texas Tech. I would say relative to expectations, those are the four schools that people did not expect to be contending for conference championships in the Big 12, the SEC, and the Big 10, and they've managed to do it. But Chris uh, Chris Holtman is, uh, is scheduled here, and it's crazy, scheduled to make $7 million. Um, and good, uh, more power to him, but I was surprised about that. There may be, I'm just looking at the database, there may be something in his salary where he's getting a one-year bonus uh, that, that's bumping him up higher. Then you've got a big drop-off, and Bill Self is making $4.7 million a year. And then you fall all the way down to, uh, to I believe, Bob Huggins, who is making $3.7 million a year. Sean Miller, according to this, is making $3.6 million. He's fighting for his job right now. And then Tom Izzo seems like a total bargain at $3.6 million, given how long he's been there. Uh, Larry Kristowiak, uh is making a lot of money. I was surprised by that as well in the Pac-12. Uh, at Utah, he is bringing in uh, $3.4 million. John uh, Beeline and uh, Archie Miller is the top 10 highest paid college basketball coaches. Are there names in that list that jump out to you guys? Uh, I mean, that's top 10. I feel like a top 10 in college football makes maybe a little bit more sense. Um, I look at Bill Self, and I look at uh, Tom Izzo, and I think, man, if John Calipari's worth $8 million a year, why isn't Tom Izzo worth $8 million a year? I mean, I think Tom Izzo to Michigan State is every bit as valuable as John Calipari is. Now, we're not talking about the scandals surrounding Michigan State or anything else. These contracts were put in place a long time ago. And Bill Self has won 14 straight titles at Kansas. How is he not making John Calipari-type money, too? Uh, any of those jump out to you guys? Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, was like, I was like, am I doing the show by myself? Are you guys dead? No, 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 no. Are you watching the, the James Harden uh, crossover <laughs> videos again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I guess I'm a little surprised with Coach Cal. Eight million. I mean, that's, it does seem like a lot. I mean, that, that's a lot. It, it is a lot. And um, again, I, I maybe the answer is because NBA teams have come after him, so he's had to end up uh, getting paid uh, a lot of money to keep up. But it's crazy to me that Coach Cal would be making twice what, for instance, Bill Self would be making almost, or certainly that Coach Cal would be making twice what Bob Huggins is making, or 
almost twice what Tom Izzo is making. I just think that's kind of uh, kind of intriguing to uh, to break down. Uh, all right, we're going to come back. We'll talk to Gottlieb. We'll talk to him about this NCAA scandal. Wanted to give you some context of how much NCAA basketball coaches are making that news coming out yesterday from USA Today Sports. You can go check it out yourself. Doug Gottlieb up next. We'll talk about the NCAA basketball scandal, the FBI, everything associated with that, and also what does he think about the uh, the NCAA tournament? What teams does he think outside of the top you know, four or five teams does he think have a chance to make a run? Is he with me that there's 20 or 25 different teams that could win the NCAA tournament this year in what could be a wide-open bracket? I believe so. Thanks for hanging with us on a Thursday, 1st of March. Hope all of you are having spectacular days across the country. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. That is one of the all-time greatest songs. My guy Danny G spinning the hits. We're doing Throwback Thursdays now on Outkick the Coverage morning show edition to get you ready for all your days. And I bet there's a lot of people out there that just got a nice little pep in their step from that song. Uh, car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience as well. If you think a train will stop, if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Doug Gottlieb on the East Coast doing television later today for FS1. Uh, Doug, what's up, man? Appreciate you getting up with us. Young MC to wake to wake up. Yeah, it's it is uh, it is tough to beat. Um, here's I my thing about here's my thing about one hit one. There's a negative connotation to one hit wonders. Um, they did some, you know, that song is from, I think middle school. Uh, must have been middle school for me. Like and seventh or eighth recite, grade, yeah. Yeah, I can recite every word for it. So they created something that the, I, there's no one hit wonders not a negative connotation. They made something that resonates. Do we? Is it just me, or is Doug? We got a bad signal on Doug there. Uh, can you guys call him back? Is that just me, or is that my side? No, it's a bad signal from his phone. So we're going to dial him back right now. We're doing that. Like I got to be uh, honest, uh, Young MC, not a one-hit wonder. I mean, I remember all of the songs from that one album. Yeah, remember Principles Office. Principles was, Office was all over the radio. I, I come off was a pretty big song yep. too. Um, but uh, I, obviously, he did not have. Uh, he did not have a ton after that, but that was uh, that was the album. Uh, let's see, what was that album called? Stone Cold Ryman. Yeah, uh, and uh, obviously he had. This is crazy. He's had like eight albums since then, and uh, I don't know any of them at all since then. Do we have Doug back up and uh, ready to roll yet? In about thirty seconds, we're calling his hotel room right now. Ah, that's smart. Go through the go through the landline. This is how you learn in big time radio. Always go through the landline if you have an opportunity to go through the landline. The challenge on going through the hotel is sometimes they won't let you put through to uh, the room itself. So this is a little uh, behind-the-scenes uh, universe here. By the way, the uh, I'm obsessed right now with the bracket. And uh, there's a website that's actually fantastic called uh, bracketmatrix.com. Uh, Doug, we got you back now on the hard line there in the hotel. What, what bracket is it? So, like, you obviously are plugged in big time to college basketball. I don't look at any one bracket now. I go to bracketmatrix.com, which collates basically all of them, and then it gives you, like, an overall rating. So, like, it seems like there's pretty good consensus right now. Villanova, Virginia, Kansas, and Xavier are your number one seeds. Would you agree with that in general right now? Um, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem with it is, like, I just watched Villanova play last night against Seton Hall. 
That was the Fox Sports 1 game. And they looked imminently and completely beatable. Now, kind of like Villanova seems to always be able to do in the Big East against Seton Hall, they, they found a way to win. Uh, so I guess, and you know, here's Xavier who won the Big East last night, but they lost twice to Villanova, right? And then, you know, in the non-conference, uh, they had a, a great showing, but you know, they were they're beaten by Arizona State, who's now below 500 in the Pac-12. I, I think that's what it is. I'm not sure that I don't think that's what it should be, but I think that's what it is. I mean, like, look, one of the big questions we have is the scandal with Arizona does more than just potentially bring down Arizona basketball. It makes it really hard to not only place them in the field, but then to place everybody else kind of around them, right? Because Arizona, based upon performance, should be a two-seed maybe and have a chance for a one if they win out and win the Pac-12 tournament. Um, But we don't know. Right now they're playing without Alonzo. Lost in this is their best perimeter player is suspended for a second PED test, right, with this crazy story. Then you have... You know, the, DeAndre Ayton, who is playing and cleared as of now, we don't know the status of Sean Miller. Like, we don't know anything. So they could be a two-seed. I guess you could put them as a four-seed. And then not knowing the status of so many of these two of these two of their two best players, like, you want to be in their bracket, regardless of what their seed is, because you think if they don't play, now suddenly they become imminently beatable. I, I think that's the craziest part to it. If you when this story went public about Sean Miller and DeAndre Ayton at ESPN.com, they've since changed a lot of the details uh, and corrected them and everything else. But what was your reaction, and did you believe it? And do you think the story is correct? Well, I have no idea if the story is correct. Uh, is it? Is it? There were some. There were some details to it that didn't seem to make sense, only because of my knowledge of the parties. Um, but I had heard they had had, I, I had heard the, the rumor was all season long, they had, um, one or two of the Arizona coaches talking a hundred thousand dollars for a player on a wiretap and that those guys were going down. That was the rumor. Uh, and that Sean Miller was trying to get out of Arizona. Uh, that, that was, that was what everybody thought. There's a couple other programs where people think they're, they're that coach is either going to get out or going to get fired or whatever. Arizona was one of them. And so when it came, but now when it came out as DeAndre Ayton, it seemed a little weird. Only in that Christian Dawkins had no like Sean Miller didn't handle any of the recruiting. Um, his former assistant now is now the head coach at UC Santa Barbara did, but um, it wasn't wasn't unbelievable. Uh, the the strangest part was when he said, "Don't talk to anybody else about money. Talk to me." Whereas usually, usually these coaches they have layers between them, right? you never even get to the head coach so that there's plausible deniability. So part of the story, I, I believed, or maybe, maybe it was a confirmation bias, right? I had heard that these programs were dirty and that it was ultimately going to come out, but the, the details to it were surprising, and they were a lot different than I thought they would be. And by the way, I still don't actually know what the details are because ESPN.com has gone back and, and fixed a couple of the details to that story. Do you think there will be other, like Rick Pitino comes out and then there's like months where there's no direct connection to any other major coach, then the bombshell lands about Sean Miller. We're now like whatever the math is, 10 days until the actual NCAA bracket is revealed. Do you think in the next 10 days or so, the next couple of weeks, that any other major coaches are going to get hit by one of these landmines, so to speak? Or do you think we get into the NCAA tournament without any more major revelations? Dude, I got no idea. 
Yeah, I mean, and 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 how much of a mess is it for the NCAA if this drip, drip, drip continues up until the NCAA tournament for this reason? Because once the tournament starts, I feel like people are just going to focus on college basketball, and they're not going to sit around and talk about the overall landscape. Well, they, they, of, they won't because they won't because CBS in turn won't talk about it. Right on the air. That's fine. Yes, right. but also so I everybody. Think fans, but, but it'll be great for us. So look, I have I have zero idea, and I actually feel sympathy for the NCA because this is not their investigation. They are powerless uh, over this investigation. They can't control any sort of narrative. And the crazy part about it is, like, people in our industry, we take all of this and we're like, "Well, see, you should pay the players." Like, there is the, talk about a non sequitur. This has nothing to do with paying the players. Zero. Like, this is kind of old school, classic cheating meets kind of new school. I, I, there's always been runners. There's always been agents. There's always been, you know, kids or parents or, or, or you know, uncles with their hands out. This has, this has occurred. And the idea that if you're going to compensate players above that of a scholarship, that somehow that's going to stop cheating. Yeah, it's really um, dumb. I think that no, argument it's really is dumb. dumb. Like people always want more, right? I mean, that's like the number always. one lesson of American always. capitalism. So if you gave always. every single player, hey, yeah, your, your contract's grand, up in a, your contract's yeah. up in a year. Somebody's going to give you. Somebody's going to give you. You know, do you want more money? Hell yeah, you do. Yes, right? and the, and and so it has nothing to do. And and there are rules to what you can do and when you can do them and how you can do them. And you know, if if people who break those rules have to be punished, otherwise, what's the purpose of having those rules? So I, I, I don't understand the non sequitur that people create. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Here's the two things I would say, and I want to get your reaction to this. We're talking to Doug Gottlieb. One, my issue with the NCAA is if rules don't change outcomes, my perspective is why do we have rules? And that might seem like a broad question, so let me dial it back and explain. If there were no NCAA rules at all, which schools in college basketball would get the best players? Kentucky, Duke, UNC, right? Like, it would be the same teams that are getting the best players now. So that's one. My other question is, I do think that a lot of people have completely overlooked, in my mind, the NBA's age restrictions here. And I know it's a collectively bargained age restriction. I know the players and the owners agree for it, and it happens in other leagues too. But I think a big part of the NBA, about of NCAA issues is, is that they are creating a black market because there are tons of kids that are coming in at 18 years old that have a substantial value over and above a scholarship, and they really can't unlock it. And I know you can tell me, hey, you can go play in Israel, you can go play in Italy, you can go play overseas, uh, you can go to the G League. If the G League got their contracts up to like $500,000 a year, I think there would be a lot of people who would look at that. But I think now the dollars are so small that guys make the decision to go to college instead and so those two issues are the biggest to me that jump out about this scandal. Okay, so I don't understand what the, what the question is. So, I mean, do you agree with me that those, those two, like, so if the rules don't Yeah, yeah, really... well, look, the, well, let, let's start with the age restriction. Here's the part that no one's actually saying. NBA, owner, NBA GMs and coaches, and honestly, NBA players, most of them, they don't want the kids coming straight out of high school. Totally get that. They don't. Go back and look. Go back and track it. All the guys that came out including LeBron James, and obviously he's the greatest success story. And there's a lot of great success stories. When you draft a kid out of high school, he's so not ready. But because the owner wants, thinks, I got the next LeBron, I got the next Kobe, I want you to play him, that the coach gets fired, the general manager gets fired, even though all he did was play the kid. Um, you know, the hit rate is, is, 
is just as just as high or just as low at it when you're out of college, sometimes actually lower out of high school. Um, so the but but the players don't want more guys flooding the market. Coaches don't want to coach younger players that haven't been coached by a college coach. You know, and general managers don't want to be going to high school in order to evaluate. They really want two or three years. That's the truth. The only people that want it none and done uh, to be as, is our agents. That's it. And now fans, because fans are like, well, Kobe did, and but they didn't live through the process with some of these, with with so many, you know, Jermaine Jones, whatever, who didn't play for three years before ultimately finally playing for the Portland Trailblazers, like th- things like that, or in in uh, Indiana Pacers or whatever. Um, so. Uh, and the reason that, that agents want it is they want to start that clock on the second contract earlier. That's it. Correct. That's, that's, I mean, it that, makes a lot of sense. So how would you fix it? I mean, I'd go to two and three and done. But again, that's not a college basketball rule. Right, the but do you think is, the NBA the NBA seems, do you think they're going to go to two or three done? I mean, again, that's that's where I think a lot of fans miss this. It they is, would have, if, Adam's, if, if David Stern was still the commissioner, it would have. Uh, but Adam Silver is such a pushover, right? I don't know, did, you, did you see this memo that Adam Silver sent? He sent, us, they sent a memo yesterday. He's like, hey, if any of you guys get caught uh, tanking games, there's going to be hell to pay. Yeah. Have you, there's two teams yeah. that have lost 10 games in a row Yes, in, in the NBA. There's like seven teams that are fighting to tank all of these games. Like, it's embarrassing. It's so non-competitive in the fourth quarter. Like you just and and you know how you don't you know how you lose games in the in the uh, in the NBA, you play your younger players because they're they're not no matter how good they might ultimately you think they might be they're not. So, uh, but I, I don't know I don't think Adam Silver has the balls to to do it, but every that's what everybody has wanted for a long time. College basketball coaches are like, well, let's do a. like the baseball rule. The problem with the baseball rule is you run the risk of becoming college baseball. <laughs> which nobody cares about, nobody talks about. So that's the first thing. Um, second thing is I think the NCAA does a terrible job, terrible job of promoting how successful and all the great things you actually have. Like you get so hooked up now, way better than ever. You get cost of attendance. Cost of college is way more expensive than ever was. Chance to get in college. I mean, you know, wait till you got, what, three, three kids, three boys? Three boys, yeah. Yeah, enjoy that, dude. Enjoy yeah. Right, I mean Vanderbilt is sixty-five, seventy thousand dollars. It's insanely expensive. Yes. Same thing with Michigan, and to get into, and all of us, myself included, wouldn't have got into most of our first choices or second choices if not for basketball. Let alone be able to afford it. And then we're talking post-tax income, and then you get hooked up with everything, and and you still have the opportunity. And if you're if you're actually good enough, you can leave and go play. And by the way, that's the other part. You are you're diminishing the G League, which look, I don't like the G League. I played minor league basketball. I hated it. But if a player really if their if their name and likeness is really valuable, then why can't they go to the G League? All you have to do is play for one year and you get your shoe deal. Like you're so if you're so big, you can work for Al's you can do a, a be a promo guy for Al's trucking, okay, or Jim's towing or whoever Chevrolet. That's because their name and likeness isn't valuable. The name and likeness of the coach and of the university and of the conference and of, and and the real value there is in the in the you talked about the bracket. The bracket is what sells. Eight billion dollars for eight years. Turner to the NCAA is only purchasing the bracket because that's the only thing that people care about. They just do. The numbers for college basketball are way down in terms of viewership, but people will watch and they'll watch because of the bracket. That's it. 
the bracket and the logo of the teams. And then you get to know the players. It's the ultimate promotional tour. Hell, I'm smart enough to know that everything that I created in order to just get into this industry and, and, and be a part of this industry was started because I played in college. I was top 10 assist, and we went to the lead eight, and I was kind of a colorful, interesting player at the time, and it got me into the first interview at ESPN, and it got me on-air broadcasting college basketball games 15 years ago. I think that's a powerful defense of the NCAA. Um, and, and look, and, and look I, I can't defend some of the stupid rules that they've had, but people get caught up in the difference between stupid, nuanced rules. Okay, and the the big rule, which is we're not paying our players. Okay, you talk about free market, like that's not what we're in it for. We're in it here to create opportunities to get guys degrees because we understand that most kids who grew up playing sports, you know, wouldn't have the opportunity to go to college. And like it's second to the GI Bill in terms of numbers of scholarships given away. That's all this is about. And if you can become a professional at any, the great thing about basketball is the second you're good enough to play at a professional level, you can leave, and here's the other part, you can come back anytime you want, and they have to, by law, they have to put you back on scholarship, even if you're not playing. How about that rule? No, I mean, I think that's the great underrated aspect of the uh, the Major League Baseball uh, aspect. I mean, that these guys, even if they you know decide to try to go pro, get the opportunity to come back and try to get their education at some point, and they have to get a full scholarship to be able to do it. I do think that's under uh, under discussed. All right, I want to ask you about the actual teams that are in the tournament this year. Okay, go. And you talked about the challenges that might come with a team like Arizona and whether or not they're going to be good. Uh, I ran through the overall number one seeds. I'm looking at the bracketmatrix.com. This is a collection of every bracketology. Uh, Villanova, Virginia, Kansas, Xavier. Uh, I want to start with this question. Uh, Duke, Purdue, North Carolina, Michigan State, Auburn, Cincinnati, Tennessee, Texas Tech is the top 12 right now uh, overall seeds. Which of these four do you think has been the best coaching job? Bruce Pearl at Auburn, uh, Rick Barnes at Tennessee, uh, Texas Tech's coach, (laughs) or uh, Holtman at Ohio State. Which of those four do you think deserves the coach of the year? And is there somebody else that you would point to? Because all four of those teams right now are top 12 seeds and I don't think anybody would have predicted that before the season started. Chris, Chris Beard is Texas Tech's head coach. Yeah. Uh, how many people um, do you think know who Texas Tech's head coach is? Well, he remember when Arkansas Little Rock beat Purdue in the tournament yes. a couple years ago? He was the coach there. Yeah, I, He used to be a manager for Bob Knight. So right there, you should win an award because he survived being a manager for Bob Knight. That's like going to the, into the Navy SEALs, no doubt. Yes, yes. Um, man, that's a hard one. I would say probably Chris Holtman. Um you know, like, look, what, what BP has done at Auburn is pretty pretty awesome, pretty amazing, right? You lose two starters, and you end up winning the league. Now, they kind of petered out down the stretch. And there's the job that everyone, like, the crazy part is not just that they lost two guys. The crazy part is, remember, he didn't cooperate yes. with, uh, with, with the investigation. And everybody thinks Bruce Pearl's still getting fired at the end of the year. So I mean, like that's that's the that's the college basketball rumors that yeah yeah all whatever Bruce does that's great he's still getting fired because he can't have anything to do with anything negative NCA wise, and that ultimately they're going to have to fire him because Jay Jacobs um, uh, retired you know the AD that hired yes. him. so uh, that that one is amazing Rick Barnes who everybody said well Rick Barnes just he's just taking this job to retire. Um, and now he goes out and look at what he's done at Tennessee, and people are like, oh, you know what, Rick Barnes, actually a really good coach, and he actually did a really good job at Texas. They just underachieved a lot in the NCAA tournament. Um, 
but I, I think that, that – and Chris Holman's done a tremendous job. I mean, he's a really good coach. They've fallen on hard times, but their best player, Keenan Evans, has been hurt, and it's going to be a nagging injury he's going to play with. But I would say Chris Holman. I mean, Ohio State had not only fallen on hard times, you know, two years ago they had mass defections, guys transferring out, and you had Thad Mata, who everybody liked, everybody respected, but – you know, the team was super selfish, and, and the, the Big Ten is good at the top. The Big Ten is terrible at the bottom. I don't know. Did you even know that they had a Big Ten tournament started yesterday in Madison Square Garden? I, I did know that because I thought it was intriguing to do it a week early um, compared to everybody else. Uh, because yeah, usually not, a ter- the Big not Ten, a terrible idea. Yeah, the usually the is- Big Ten, and like when they come out with the bracket, the, the team that won the Big Ten title is still on the court, right? I mean, right, like, like it's still, like, still, like, wiping, off the, still yes. wiping off the sweat on CBS. It's almost always like Michigan State and Wisconsin – and when I was at CBS, it was all, we always had to fill extra because Wisconsin games go short because they don't foul. Yeah. You know, college basketball is a two-hour window, and Wisconsin games always go like an hour and 47 minutes. So, uh, but yeah, so it's an interesting idea. But the, the real story about the Big Ten is there's four good teams and everybody else sucks. Like Nebraska, Nebraska who's never won an NCAA tournament game, has won 13 Big Ten regular season games, 13 and 5. And they're a bubble team, and most people have them. I would wonder what the bracket matrix is that has them in or out as of today, right? That's how yeah. down the that's how down the Big Ten is. Uh, but Ohio State has has beaten Purdue at Purdue. You look at the quality of of wins that they've achieved. Plus, it's more than anything, just turning around a program in such short order. Like you come in, and it wasn't like he got the job in April and gutted it and started with new players. He got the job late, and it's a completely different program, completely different momentum. And the only real thing that's changed is him. And then he brought Andrew Dockage with him, who's Dan Dockage's kid, who was a walk-on that given a scholarship at Michigan, and now you know plays big minutes for him um, as a as a fifth-year senior at Ohio State. So I'd say Chris Holman's your coach of the year. Uh, outstanding stuff as always, Doug. Uh, knock it out on television this morning. We'll talk to you probably next week as the uh, bracket gets closer and closer. The, the voice sounds better. I had a, I had a day like you had yesterday. Oh my god! About a month ago. Yeah. yeah there's this, uh, there's there's this kind of uh, tea. Uh, I think it's called Yogi Tea or something like that. Uh, there's throat coat tea. I know you'd love that. I know you're all <laughs> everybody on the outkick is like, dude, try the throat coat tea. Uh, That's right up I, your alley. I thought uh, I was gonna die yesterday. I feel a little bit less like death today. Thanks, my man. Later. Uh, that is Gottlieb uh, at Gottlieb Show. We bring in Ralph Irvin. Find out what's shaking in the world of sports. Well, thank you very much. And it was quite the night for the Houston Rockets. They won their 14th straight, 105-92 over the LA Clippers. The Clippers now fall back into number nine slot in the Western Conference. Russell Westbrook with 30 points, including the go-ahead three-point play. Oklahoma City corralled Dallas 111-110 in overtime. Kyrie Irving with 34 points in just three quarters. Dallas or Boston hammered Charlotte 134-106. And Toronto's won 11 of their last 13 after a great night in Orlando, 117-104. And you talk about teams throwing games. This one couldn't be thrown. Phoenix ending their 10-game losing streak by beating Memphis. 116-102. The Grizzlies now have lost 11 straight. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And Clay, Arizona's Board of Regents will meet on Thursday to discuss the state of the Wildcats program, including the contract of head coach Sean Miller. Talk about that next segment here. Outkick the coverage. 
When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes, set up screener questions based on your job requirements, then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed as well. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Put up a poll question for y'all. You can check it out on my Twitter feed, at Clay Travis. And uh, cast your vote as well. I was just asking this to Doug Gottlieb. He gave his opinion. But I do think if you look at the the way the bracket is set up right now, I think it's going to be, look, I'm not claiming to be a college basketball expert, but uh, I do start to pay attention to college basketball in February once the uh, in, once the football season ends, and I pay attention a little bit to the games here and there. But I'm like most of you, you know. For me, college basketball is about a six week season now. Uh, Mid February till April is when like I really kind of shift my attention to college basketball. And if you look at this great website, I'm telling you the the 2018 the bracket matrix. Bracketmatrix.com. If you are one of these people like me who likes to sit around and look at where people are being seated, who's on the bubble, who's not, uh, right now th- this is the top 12 seeds according to, uh, let's see, 84 different brackets that are available online. There is a consensus that the top four teams are going to be Villanova, Virginia, Kansas, and Xavier. And then the two seeds will be Duke, Purdue, North Carolina, Michigan State. Three seeds, Auburn, Cincinnati, Tennessee, Texas Tech. And then the four seeds, West Virginia, Wichita State, Clemson, and Ohio State. So that's uh, the top 16 teams according to the bracket matrix right now. I think the four most impressive teams that we would not have anticipated seeing in this list if I had given you those top 16 teams before the season started are beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, Auburn, Tennessee, Texas Tech, and Ohio State. So my question for all of you out there is, which team, as well as which coach, basically, because this is also a function of that, which coach has been the best coach in college basketball so far? Which team has been the biggest surprise? And we have got uh, hundreds of you rolling in here and voting, coming up on 1,000 in the last five minutes, and Auburn is winning this poll right now. 35% of you saying that Auburn has been the biggest surprise. 32% of you saying Tennessee. 17% of you saying Ohio State. 16% of you saying Texas Tech. Uh, Guys in L.A., are you like me? College basketball is about a six-week season for you, or do you pay even less attention to college basketball in general? Uh, Speaking just for for myself, because I I think Danny G is a little bit more into it than I am, it's even less for me. So basically, you're just a bracket comes out, I'm going to fill out the bracket, I'll pay attention for three weeks, guy. Exactly, and and granted, I'll, I'll do some research for the for the bracket. I don't just you know wing it and go. Oh, okay, let's you know let's this one sounds good. I, I I when I gamble, I get serious about it. So I'll do research then. But before those brackets come out, I know literally nothing. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's an interesting question. I mean, I think the vast majority. You look at television ratings. There is no sport that benefits from its postseason like college basketball does from the NCAA tournament. I mean, there is nothing even remotely close in all of American sports in terms of the interest level for college basketball in the regular season versus what happens in the NCAA tournament. Look, I mean, the ratings go up substantially in the NFL playoffs. The ratings go up substantially in the college football playoffs for football. But nothing like we see in college basketball where basically 
tons of people start paying attention who otherwise would have had no interest at all. And uh, I, I think you're probably maybe a little bit bigger basketball fan than I am, Danny G., but you would acknowledge, like, this is the time of year when everybody's turning the page and getting ready. Oh, definitely. And, and I'm like you. It's a six- or seven-week process after the Super Bowl. So now, suddenly, I've watched a handful of college games. West Virginia really impressed me. Baylor, a couple nights ago, I watched them. They have the size, and they're healthy now. They could easily go on a run. So you're right. It's totally up for grabs, and I think that's what makes it so exciting to watch. I don't think we'll get a 16 seed beating a 1 seed this year. But I think there'll be at least one 15 seed that beats a two. And I think once you get into the second round of this tournament, and even for a lot of these teams in the first round, I, I legitimately think, and, and Vegas agrees with me on this level, there's about 25 teams that can win the tournament this year. And I don't remember that. We certainly don't have a prohibitive favorite by any stretch of the imagination. Hour two up next, we go to Alex Marvez and Indy to talk combine. Next. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. It is NFL Combine season. We're going to talk to Alex Marvez. I believe he is up in Indianapolis. Uh, We will talk to him in this next segment. But John Gruden really got to meet the media for the first time, I would say. I know he got introduced as a head coach of the Oakland Raiders. And he came out and he made some comments. This is the first time the national media was all there. That was more local media in the Bay Area out in uh, Oakland. And John Gruden has been out of coaching for over a decade now in terms of being an NFL coach. Uh, Obviously, he's been in the booth. He's been involved in the game. But uh, he was asked, I thought this was pretty interesting, he was asked about analytics and everything else, and he had some pretty good John Gruden answers, which also could make you a little bit nervous maybe if you're a Raiders fan. Here was John Gruden at the Combine yesterday talking about the, uh, the new age of NFL football. Are you talking about the analytics, the GPS, all the modern technology? Man, I'm trying to throw the game back to 1998. There's a stack of analytical data or data, however you want to say that word, that people don't even know how to read it. So I'm, I'm not going to rely on GPSs and, and all the modern technology. I will certainly have some people that are professional that can help me from that regard, but I still think doing things the old-fashioned way is a good way. That's, uh, first of all, the GPS line is pretty funny, as if the GPS is uh, a modern-day uh, marvel. I mean, I, I don't even know very many people who still use maps. I mean, I love the idea of Gruden on a road trip, like trying to pull out his old AAA maps and figure out how to get from one city to another. Um, but uh, I, I will say that they're definitely, in the NFL, less so in the, in the NBA and Major League Baseball, I think it's fair to say that analytics have come in and completely changed the way the game's played. I mean, if you looked at a baseball game in 1991 and you compared it to a game that's being played today, the way that the defense lines up, you'd be like, wow, this is pretty crazy the way that they line up, right? And I think certainly in the NBA, the way that the shooting has changed, uh, the, the degree to which uh, the, you know, kind of a stretch four has basically changed the game, everybody on the court can shoot. Uh, the rise of three-point shots, Steph Curry pulling up two feet inside of the half-court line and feeling like he has a good shot because nobody's contesting him. Those games have changed substantially. I think probably of those three, the NFL has changed the least. Now, you may be out there saying, well, they throw the ball a lot more in the NFL. That's true, but I feel like the overall scope of NFL offenses, other than just kind of throwing the ball more, I mean, it's not as if we've seen a total revolution in how NFL teams 
score the football, particularly because it seemed for a while like the running back position was basically done for, right? We had that draft where nobody went in the first round. Uh, We had a guy like uh, Richardson come out from Alabama, Trent Richardson, and be a total bust. And everybody started to say, wait a minute, why do you need to take a running back in the first round? And then what happened? We had a couple of running backs come back, and people said, oh, wait a minute. Maybe we should be taking running backs early in this draft. Maybe Leonard Fournette does make sense to draft him insanely early for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he's going to make a big difference for uh, certainly that franchise down in Jacksonville. This year, if the Browns were able to sign Kirk Cousins, I think there's a good chance they would draft Saquon Barkley number one overall. So I think you look, and certainly what Alvin Kamara was able to uh, to make happen his first season down with the uh, with the Saints, you look at what the running back position can mean in the NFL now, and everything in the NFL that's old becomes new again. But I feel like we've basically seen everything, right? I mean, you go back and people say, oh, there's a lot more throwing now. Well, would people who were watching like the Houston Oilers run and shoot offense from back in the day be that surprised about the amount of passing that's going on in the league? I mean, the NFL, I feel like, has done everything. But does that make you a little bit nervous if you are an Oakland Raiders fan, or is it just John Gruden being entertaining? Now, good thing about the Oakland Raiders is if he can get Derek Carr back playing well, analytics don't matter at all. What matters in the NFL, and maybe he should have just said this, is how good your quarterback is. And Danny G, you're a huge Raiders fan. If he gets Derek Carr back playing well, he doesn't need to worry about any other analytics. The only analytic he needs to be concerned about is Derek Carr and his right arm and how well he plays at the quarterback position. Because if he plays well, you guys are going to contend to win the AFC West. If he plays poorly... It doesn't matter uh, about all the newfangled uh, uh, analytics that you embrace. You're not going to win very many games. Exactly. And Clay, do you remember when you were asking for the new Garmin for Christmas? <laughs> the GPS. <laughs> I, I like. It's amazing. Like, because everybody's got that on their phone now. But yeah, like, yeah, there, mean, there are a lot of people out there listening to us right now that will never know what it's like to actually unfold a map. Right. I mean, like, oh, we actually, had to take those classes in school when we were kids. They taught us how to read the street signs and read maps and what what were the books called the uh, map books? Oh, it was, I mean like the triple A Thomas guide. Thomas guide. There you Mc, go. Rand McNally had like yeah. big guides. Like I, when I would drive to college, uh, and I went to college in Washington D.C. and I would drive from Nashville. Like it wasn't like I did it all the time. So I would have a map to make sure that I was going the right way. Uh, and I, I, like the idea to my kids that you would ever need a map or. Remember how frustrating it would be? Like a pizza guy has to out there listening to us right now. So you know what I'm talking about. You couldn't find somebody's address, and like you'd just be driving around in circles over and over again. Like, where is this place? Like, I feel like people don't even know what that's like as long yeah. as their GPS is working decently. But look, I mean, Derek Carr is. Uh, I, we would have said coming into this season, one of the best young quarterbacks to come into the NFL in the last 20 years, right? And then the Raiders just fell completely apart. Jack Del Rio gets fired. They pulled John Gruden out of the booth from Monday Night Football to take over and try to bring the Raiders back to glory. And uh, and really, I mean, as much fun as it is to talk about every other position in the NFL, all it really boils down to is the I think most of the time your quarterback and you know analytics. I just would you agree with me that the, if you look at the way the NBA plays its game today compared to like in the early nineties. And if you look at the way baseball plays its game compared to how baseball played in the early 90s, football has changed the least. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you went back and watched uh, those old grinded out like Bulls-Knicks series back in the 90s where Patrick Ewing's inside, John Starks is patrolling outside, uh, Jordan's getting wrecked as he goes to the basket, 
and you compared the way they played that series with the way the Cavs and the Warriors played in the finals this year, you'd be like, that's a totally different game. I mean, there was nobody doing what Steph Curry does now in 1990s era basketball. It doesn't mean it was necessarily better or worse. The game just looks entirely different. The floors spread more. The amount of three-point shots going up are substantially different. The fact that there's almost no mid-range game now, right? You either go to the basket or you shoot a three in the NBA. There's not that many guys attempting like 20-foot jumpers. That was pretty common back in the 90s. And then certainly in baseball, some days like, you look at the way that the, the, the def- defenses are aligned and you'll be like, my God, this is like, it, it's like a different universe. It, it never happened in the 90s. And then you watch an NFL game, and I don't think you would think, oh my God, this is totally different. Maybe they ran the ball a little bit more, a little bit more power, but we're kind of circling back to the power era, it seems to me, with the rise of Leonard Fournette and Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara and all yeah, these guys I, out there that are making differences. I'm glad you bring that up because that was the one thing Gruden talked about yesterday that I liked was he mentioned that the full fullback position... He loves the fullback. Right, and that has been missing from a lot of NFL teams, especially the Raiders. How they were handing off to Marshawn Lynch a lot last season uh, out of the shotgun, with, yeah. and, and he was getting clobbered. Now, whenever they were blocking the proper way for him, that's when he was breaking off 25 chunks you know, at a time. So if Gruden can install the right schemes for the right personnel, the Raiders will take a huge leap in his first year there. So I like the fact that he's old school in that way. I think what you got to do is marry that old with the new. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt at all about that. Um, and uh, and frankly, I think the drama, we're, we're talking about the NFL Combine, which is going on in Indianapolis this week. I think the drama at the top of the draft is actually pretty intriguing because there are a lot of people out there that have fallen in love with Josh Allen. Um, I don't know why, frankly. Um, I, I, I just don't. I mean, I, he didn't have a high completion percentage. He uh, he is at Wyoming. It's not like he played against a high level of competition. Um, you know, the Baker Mayfield, is he going to be good? Is he not going to be good? Is he Johnny Manziel-like? Uh, I, I think there's certainly some similarities there. By the way, Johnny Manziel went on Twitter and said he would play if a team would sign him for no dollars, literally zero dollars on his contract. That was an interesting tweet. Um, and then you've got people out there who are big believers in Josh Rosen and also still big believers in, jo- in Sam Darnold. I think the top of the NFL draft this year is as uh, uncertain as we have seen in a long time. Because again, if the Browns go out and make a play to get Kirk Cousins and they keep that number one overall draft pick, I think they're going to take Saquon Barkley number one. And I think that would be a tremendous difference in terms of overall talent to have Kirk Cousins handing off to uh, Saquon Barkley in a new backfield there in, uh, in Cleveland. And if the Browns can't manage to get Kirk Cousins in, I don't know who they're going to take. I mean, the odds-on favorite seems to be Sam Darnold. But I think Josh Rosen is probably ready, more ready than anybody else to play. I think that certainly uh, that there is the possibility that Baker Mayfield could be electric and Drew Brees or Russell Wilson-like. I think that if they got into the right system, Lamar Jackson is an incredible athlete. I'm a little bit troubled by his completion percentage, just like I am uh, by Josh Allen, and also by the fact that Lamar Jackson played for Bobby Petrino, who's one of the best offensive coordinators out there, and the fact that Lamar, and the fact that Lamar, as I try to survive this uh, this illness, and the fact that Lamar was not very good against SEC defenses when he went up against SEC defenses, which are the most NFL-like of all of the college defenses, of all the of all the college defenses to the NFL, he wasn't very good. So, uh, I mean, I think that there's going to be a lot of interest. I don't know 
But I think I might have set a world record for sneezing in the last three days. I think I actually have the flu. I don't think this is a cold anymore. I think it's morphed into the flu. It's possible that I'm going to die here live on air this week doing the show. Do I sound better or worse today than I did on Monday? Well, I mean, your voice sounds better, but I feel like on Monday you weren't uh, like sneezing and, and having coffee. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. When I finish this show at, uh, at 8 o'clock my time, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain, 6, uh, 6 a.m. Pacific, I am going home. I am taking the biggest uh, glass of Theraflu that has ever been made, the, the sleep version, because I'm afraid to take it at night uh, because I get up so early. I'm afraid that I'll still be kind of like hung over under Theraflu trying to do the show. I am downing it like a shot. Like I'm just taking it and just opening up my throat, throwing it all back, and then I'm getting in bed, and I'm not getting out maybe till tomorrow morning. That's my strategy when I come back Friday to do the show. That's my strategy to recover. You think the odds are? You know there is a uh, there is a fix a home remedy that that Ben Maller swears by. What's that? Raw garlic. Just oh. just uh, cut a clove in half, put one on each side of your mouth, and and suck on the raw garlic like a Jolly Rancher. That is one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. <laughs> I thought that I had a cold. I am like right now. I have a fever. I'm pretty confident that this is the flu. This is the flu that's killing him. This is like a bad flu season. And, uh, like, I, I just, my God, I think it's hard to get healthy when you get up at 4 a.m. That's my theory. So I'm going straight to bed as soon as I finish the show. But up next, we've got Alex Marvez. Is he in Indianapolis? Do we know that? I'm not sure. I will check. Uh, we'll talk to Alex Marvez next at Alex Marvez on Twitter. We'll break down all of the NFL Combine news and more. Hour three for everybody out there listening on the podcast or planning the rest of your day. We're going to go to Brandon Wright, who played last night, plays with the Houston Rockets, the beatdown they put on the Clippers and the crossover uh, that James Harden put on that killed a man. We will talk about all that in hour three. But up next, it's Alex Marvez. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkeep the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Bobby Brown bringing us back. I have no idea. What is Bobby Brown doing now? Is he still alive, right? Whitney Houston died. I know he married Whitney Houston, but what is he up to now? Didn't they have a new edition reunion? They did, and he's always been the the big problem with them touring and getting back together because uh, the other members just can't get along with him. He's a, he's a knucklehead. What year did that song come out that you were playing? Coming back? Every like Little eight, Step? 90, 89? Uh, this was the late 80s. Yeah, I'm going to say 89. Yeah, uh, this definitely reminds me of like uh, fifth grade. Yeah, uh, one, of, one of the first CDs a lot of people own because you could get the eight CDs for a penny, remember? Oh, I totally forgot uh, about that. And they used to have... And uh, this was Bobby Brown CD was one of the options to order. What was the big... Uh, the big the in, the in the malls, was it Camelot Music? Remember Camelot Music? Camelot was one. Tower Records. The, Tower Records. The like, Warehouse. I don't remember the Warehouse. The warehouse Tower. Music. Uh, Tower like tried to get into books and everything else. All those businesses went bankrupt, didn't they? I mean, there's no like there's no existence oh, yeah. of those anymore. Yeah, pretty much Napster from then on. The record companies, uh, you know, the same thing that's happened to libraries. That's what happened to the. Uh, the yeah, we were talking about the Dewey Decimal System earlier. <laughs> yes, car shopping could be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. As well, if you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. We are efforting, I believe, uh, Alex Marvez. We'll see if we can wake him up uh, wherever he is in the country and see if we can get him uh, rolling. In the meantime, uh, which team has been the biggest surprise in college basketball this year is our question. Now, 
a lot of people, every time I put up a poll and I have four options and it's not just a yes-no question, people complain because there aren't more than four options. Okay, well, if Twitter could give me like six or seven or eight options, I would put them all in there, but I only get four options. So I understand that Clemson has been a surprise this year. I understand that certainly there are other schools, like as I scroll through all your mentions, like complaining uh, about who's up there. So right now... Auburn is the number one biggest surprise in college basketball this year, getting 37% of your votes. There's about 5,000 of you that have voted so far since we started the show. And I believe we have Alex Marvez up and running. Are you up in Indy this week, Alex? Yes, yes I am, Clay. Good morning. How's it going? I'm doing well. I appreciate you joining us here on a Thursday morning uh, from Indianapolis. How many years have you covered the Combine? About 21. Okay, so this is fascinating then. 20 years ago. What was the combine like compared to now? <laughs> well, okay, so from a media standpoint, yes. there was no availability with players. You'd have to stand in a hotel lobby, and they took out the furniture to try to make you uncomfortable, right? So this is part of it. So they would, you'd have to be in the Crown Plaza Hotel, and you would hope that you could find someone in the NFL, at least at my, at my point in my career. It would give you a um, like an index, like a printout of what numbers you, each player had on the back of their sweatshirt that they were given at the combine. So you would look because you have to try to find these guys. Because you might not recognize a great point. Like right. they try to make right. everybody anonymous. So it's not like you're walking around with your football jersey on. Like you just have a number. And if you haven't covered college football, it's not like these guys' faces are out all the time right. like in a college basketball or something. You might not know any of them. Exactly. And that's the thing. And if you're looking for a specific player, maybe a hometown guy or something, it was a challenge. The other thing, too, was how the medicals worked. You know, Clay, you know, the, the whole reason that the combine started and still its main purpose of this day is to have one central location for medical examinations and to try because it started with Nolan Cromwell. And he's a guy you remember him, old school football player, defensive back, you know, played in the 70s. And he was flying from city to city like Seattle to Dallas, Dallas to the Giants, I mean, everywhere to have his shoulder x-rayed. That was the deal. So, you know, like, it just why are we doing this? Why does this guy have to fly all across the country to have each team x-ray him individually when you could have it done in one central place? Okay, so that worked out great, except that with the invention of MRI machines and all that, you would send players seven, eight hours to a hospital, have to wait for one MRI machine. That's how it ended up being back then. Now they have mobile MRIs. You got to get guys in and out. It's a much more efficient process and obviously become a much more friendly media process. They're trying to advertise, you know, the, the players that are here. And, you know, all NFL teams, oh, 28 of the 32 had at least one representative addressing the media here at the Combine. You know, four teams didn't. Patriots won. What a shock, right? But, but you know, you're talking about, you know, publicizing their team and trying to get fan interest. I mean, it's become a convention. You know, the NFL holds meetings with the NFL Players Association. You have a lot of people trying to sell products like analytics, you know, medical devices, et cetera. It is really a giant convention as much as it is a way to examine these kids. Yeah, there's no doubt at all about that. Now, I think the number one story still of the combine is what are the Browns going to do with the number one overall pick? Um, and it appeared that the Jets had some momentum in particularly maybe being able to snag Kirk Cousins. What have you heard about Kirk Cousins? Because I think he's kind of the linchpin to start to make sense about what might happen at the top of this draft. Well, I mean, you know, listen, everyone is connecting Kirk Cousins to the Minnesota Vikings, and, and that makes a lot of sense. They have $44 million in salary cap space available. You can always create more cap space if need be, so that, that's something to consider 
for the Vikings, and where would you rather go? Would you rather play outside in New York? Yes, I know, indeed, a bigger media market, but not be surrounded by as good a team as what Kirk Cousins would have if he goes to the Twin Cities. And, you know, we, it looks like Case Keenum not going to get a tag, a transition or franchise tag, uh, you know, given by him. Teddy Bridgewater set to become an unrestricted free agent. The same with Sam Bradford. So that's where that is, and that leads the Jets in a little bit of a precarious position. Do you now have to go in the draft? Are you, are you going to be comfortable again with a placeholder quarterback? Because that's how I view pretty much everyone else out there. You know, Teddy Bridgewater probably has the most upside of the guys that are going to be unrestricted free agents. And I'm not counting Drew Brees in this because I really do believe he goes back to the Saints. But my point is, like, you know, Bridgewater, do you bank, you know, the future of your team on Teddy Bridgewater? Probably not. But the Jets sitting at six are in a good spot. Play the way this draft is shaping up. The Giants don't look like they're taking the quarterback at two. And that's not to say that they won't, and they have to give the impression that they may be, but it really looks like Saquon Barkley is going to be their guy. Then at number three, the Colts, they're not taking a quarterback. They're in on the Andrew Luck business, so they take Bradley Chubb of NC State because there's no other pass rusher that's worthy of being picked in the top ten. Marcus Davenport is probably – he'll get elevated into the early teens by UTSA, but – that's Texas San Antonio. But the point is that that's, that's how that goes. So all of a sudden, the Jets sitting at six, it's not so precarious. You'll probably have a shot at one of the big three, and I'm talking Rosen, Donald, and Allen. And you're just going to have to figure out which one you like best and try to move up to get whoever Cleveland doesn't take among that group of one. How many quarterbacks do you think go in the first round? Well, those three, Baker Mayfield will be four. And, you know, Baker and the Dolphins is going to be very – very so are they basically I mean, done with the Dolphins with Tannehill? I mean, I know he had an no, injury, he, and like, what's going to happen there? Well, I mean, listen, Adam Gay said he's playing for 2018, so so he's Tannehill will be back next year. But as far as anything beyond that, how can you count on the guy? You know, I mean, he's just you've gone, you know, what are we in five, six years now, and you still don't really know what Ryan Tannehill is. I mean, he had success under Gase, but. Is he, is he good enough to win a Super Bowl? I mean, that's what everyone's supposed to be in this for, right? And so that's why I think that Baker Mayfield is going to be so intriguing to the Dolphins because if you know Adam Gase, you know Baker Mayfield a little bit, their personalities are perfect for each other. I mean, this would be one of those Sean Payton, Drew Brees type bonds that you'd have between these guys. The, the big question for the Dolphins is, is he going to be available when they draft in the early teens? So, but he makes a lot of sense. And then we start getting into some, you know, Mason Rudolph, where does he fall into all this? Lamar Jackson, quarterback slash wide receiver, but he's going to get drafted as a quarterback. Does he intrigue a team later on in the draft? And, you know, Jacksonville's one of these squads that even with Blake Bortles signed to that contract extension, you just wonder, would they be willing to invest a first-round pick in a QB to hedge their bet on Blake Bortles? Something we're going to have to watch as the draft approaches. What did you think? We're talking to Alex Marvez. He's up in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. What did you think about the decision that the Jags made with Blake Bortles? You know, it made sense for them. You know, I mean, and listen, he's an ascending player. I mean, that's a positive part about Bortles. Now, how high is he going to ascend? I don't know, you know. I mean, that, that's a tough question, but the Jags were comfortable with him. Listen, his teammates like it. I mean, they respect him. He's never thrown anyone under a bus, right? And the guy tries. He does everything that, you, that you'd love to see in a franchise quarterback. So his guys are cool with him. And you get Allen Robinson back next year. And I'm, I'm trying to make this sound appealing to Jags fans, by the way, Clay. But, you know, you get Allen Robinson back next year. Leonard Fournette's had another year. And, and you know, you, can, you keep him growing in this offense. And, you know, maybe Blake Bortles hasn't truly reached the, the heights that he can. I mean, that's, that's the big thing. But for the Jags, what was the other option? They, they really weren't going to be in the Kirk Cousins business. I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't everyone's cup of tea, right? I mean, just there are some teams that are going to look at the price tag and like, is this guy a $28, $29 million quarterback? Do we really think that he's worth that type of investment. I think in Jacksonville, they weighed the odds and they're like, no, 
Not really. And, you know, obviously they didn't trade for Alex Smith. I mean, they seem committed to Blake Bortles. They know him. They know his strengths. They know how to camouflage his weaknesses. So there you go. And it's not the type of contract that they can't get out of. I mean, they have flexibility as early as 2019. would have to take a little bit of a cap hit, but they can get out of it. And for Blake Bortles, you know, he probably doesn't get the same type of love in free agency that, that others will as far as the quarterback position. He might be considered a placeholder quarterback by another team until they draft a new guy. So he'd rather go to his place like Jacksonville where he's got a legitimate shot of staying on as a franchise QB. So I think it works for both sides. I mean, we'll see how it all pans out if, the, if this guy can take the Jags to a Super Bowl. But play, he's not the reason that Jacksonville wasn't playing in Super Bowl 52. Yeah, no, it's correct. We're talking to Alex Marvez. One guy that I haven't heard much talk about in the offseason, and, uh, and I'm intrigued because he's coming into his fourth year and because the third year was such a disappointment, Jameis Winston. How committed do you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are right now to Jameis Winston? And what do they want to see from him in year four? You know, it's funny you mentioned him because I think there's a perception and a reality. And the perception is that Jameis Winston didn't have a great 2017 because his team goes 5-11. and 11. But when you look at all of the rate, like the, the completion percentage, touchdown to interception, all of these things, there was no better quarterback in the month of December than Jameis Winston. It's crazy. You know, now the rest of the team wasn't that great. The defense was horrendous. But, but that's how Dirk Cutter helps. It saved his bacon as head coach because Jameis Winston did continue to improve. You know, it's interesting, Clay, and, and you know this. I mean, you're a very smart, shrewd guy. I really think Jameis Winston is an extremely bright guy who sometimes is sort of, because he's so smart, I think he sometimes has communication-type issues. Like, he expresses himself differently. I remember that with Brian Greasy when he was with the Broncos. He had, you know, he, this guy was so smart. And I just think sometimes he had a harder time relating to some folks. So he'd do some goofy things. That was Jameis. That's Jameis Winston. He does goofy things. But listen, the, the needle's pointing up for him. And now it's up to them to, you know, Deshaun Jackson, are you going to actually throw some more nine routes? Are you going to be able to get him the football? I mean, I talked to Dirk Cutter about this yesterday. And Dirk said, that's on us. We didn't do a good job taking advantage of Deshaun Jackson's skills. So, that you know, Jameis Winston isn't the problem for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The problem for the Buccaneers is being last in the NFL when it comes to sacks. And, you know, having a secondary that was a little bit shaky. I mean, those things are what really killed them. They have to find a way to address the pass rush. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it in the draft. And free agency play, there it is barren right now when it comes to pass rushers. That's why you see a Ziggy Ansah from the Detroit Lions given the franchise tag. I mean, you know, every any elite-level pass rusher is probably not hitting the market. So the Bucks are going to have to look in the draft, hope that Noah Spence comes back and, and plays well for them, uh, and probably going to address the secondary in the first round. I mean, with their number seven pick, I imagine Minka Fitzgerald from Alabama probably going to be their guy uh, unless something changes. Yeah, Fitzpatrick is a hell of a player. Uh, Nick Saban used him all over the field. Uh, Two teams that desperately need a quarterback that I'm not sure what direction they're going to go. Denver and the Cardinals. Um, Arizona basically has nobody on the roster. The Broncos have been messing around for several years now trying to find a guy. What do they do? I think Denver goes with a bridge bridge quarterback like a Case Keenum, uh, you know, maybe A.J. McCarron. I mean, none of these names are exciting. What's the value for A.J. McCarron? We haven't even hardly talked about that. Is there much interest in A.J. McCarron? Uh, for people out there who didn't even pay attention to this story, he won his – and I don't even know what happened. I didn't even read the articles. I just saw the headline. He won a grievance to become a free agent. What happened in that story for A.J. McCarron with the Bengals? 
See, you just need to read Twitter. You don't even need yeah. 100, 280 characters. You can do it in 140, and you'd know. AJ, free agent. That's it. That's all anyone cares about. And so what, what ends up happening with him, you know, you've got a guy who started, what, all of three games yes. during his time in Cincinnati, but he's a veteran player. They like him in Cincinnati. You know, he's an interesting guy for the Cleveland Browns, for example, because if they want to have a bridge quarterback come in, he knows Hugh Jackson. The question is, is Todd Haley, John Dorsey, the new brain trust, you know, offensive coordinator, GM, of the Browns, are they as sold on him as, as Hugh Jackson was when they tried to make the trade for him? But I think Denver ends up getting, you know, they're in a decent spot because, you know, they could play Paxton Lynch. It's not a great option, but if they draft the quarterback, play Paxton until the, the next guy is ready. And I, I do think the Broncos probably go quarterback at five. Arizona sitting there at 15 in the draft play. That's, that's no bueno for, you know, for that quarterback rank. I mean, you're probably going to have four guys off the board at that point. Maybe, maybe Mason Rudolph floats your boat, the Oklahoma State quarterback. Maybe Luke Falk in the second round from Washington State. He's a name to watch. But, I mean, and, and again, Lamar Jackson, but they have no quarterbacks there. So they're the type of team that I think is really going to be probably on the short end of the stick when it comes to this. They're not in salary caps, uh, you know, the type of situation to be able to bid for a Kirk Cousins. I think that would become crippling to them under the salary cap. So they had a window of opportunity with Carson Palmer and Bruce Arians. It is closed. They're trying to pry that window back open to get to a Super Bowl, but it's going to take a little bit of time in WD-40 to get there. You were talking to Alex Marvez. He's up in Indianapolis at the Combine. A couple of big stories that came out yesterday. The potential that the catch rule is going to get changed and also the idea that pass interference in the NFL may become a 15-yard penalty as opposed to a spot-of-the-foul penalty. Break down those from your perspective. Do you think they change? Well, let's start with the pass interference penalty, and it's a healthy discussion to have. But I think what you, what you don't want to see in the NFL is taking away big plays. And, and, you know, if you have teams that are just simply tackling guys, you know what I mean, as they go downfield, the, the question to me is can there be a way that it's put on the officials that they and, – and I'm not necessarily for this because I like it for black and white for officials and not gray and having to use judgment. But is there a way that if there's an egregious pass interference penalty where you just simply don't even try to defend the football, you're just tackling a, a wide receiver – that that could become a spot foul. And then otherwise, you could, if it's someone who's just going for the football and make, trying to make a football play and they don't do a good job with it, then it becomes a 15-yard penalty. I mean, the NFL isn't trying to take points off their scoreboard, right? I mean, they're always encouraging rules that create scoring. So that's why I'm not sure if this one is going to have enough momentum to pass. Uh, you know, I think one thing that could be a compromise as far as the catch rule is, if you, if much like it, it, it's at the goal line, and if you have the football in your hands and you're trying to reach over and you just have possession for a you know, split second or whatever, then that becomes a touchdown. Uh, otherwise, you know, it, you know, the ground rule it doesn't apply when it comes to the end zone. I mean, that's they're trying, they're just trying to find a way to make this simpler for people, and it's become obviously a drain on the game. It slows things down when you have to go to replay all the time. And that's, you know, watching football on Sundays used to be a really fast, pleasant experience at times. Now, Clay, it's so herky-jerky with all of the delays in it. And I think the league realizes that. They're having television ratings go down. That may be part of it. People don't, don't want to sit around and wait for a football game to unfold like that. So they're trying to find a way to address this issue. Um, they're going to continue to talk about it. It's got momentum. Listen, if Roger Goodell wants a rule change done, much like he did with the extra points, much like he did with the overtime rules, He'll get it done. And someone's going to go to Roger, catch his ear with something. That one will get passed, the pass interference penalty. I'm not so sure if we're going to see that one get done in 2018. Last question for you, Roger Goodell versus Jerry Jones. Is this thing put to bed now with the uh, the, the $2 million fine for legal fees or whatever the heck it is, or is this a looming and ongoing discord between the two of them? I think it'll be an ongoing discord that, that continues. And, and, a lot, and listen, Jerry Jones behind the scenes is getting his way. 
you know, in a lot of cases. There, there are, you know, things being done as far as NFL employees are trimming some fat. I think that, that Jerry looks at the, you know, expenses of the league office and says, why do we have these people employed? Are these the best people to have in these positions? And, and I think you're starting to, you know, quietly see a trickle of, of folks that, that were hired under, you know, under Goodell who are leaving. You know, they're not widely publicized by the league because you don't want to make a spectacle of it if you're the NFL, but Jerry wanted to get some of the power back from the league office. He, he basically, you know, the commissioner, you know, he feels that, that he's, in, you know, entrusted with keeping the league strong, but Jerry is of the opinion, and pushing back, that we're the owners. We're the, the backbone of the NFL, and we'll tell you what we think is best for our business. So this one's going to continue. Listen, $2 million legal fees. We'll see how, how far that goes. I think that, that the, the reality is, in some ways, that this isn't necessarily a Roger Cadell decision, but it's an owner decision by other owners who aren't happy with what Jerry Jones did. You know, they don't want to be bullied. Billionaires don't like being bullied by other billionaires. So that's why I think you see the pushback on Jerry Jones to just keep it a little bit more in check, be more of a team player. And I think that's why they're, they're squeezing him like this, which is something petty. It's petty. You know what I mean? You're talking $2 million to Jerry Jones. You know what I'm saying? His franchise is worth $4 billion. I mean, you know what I mean? It's almost like a $20 fine for Jason Martin for not returning my, you know, my email this week about when I was going to be coming on the air with you, right? I mean, that, that's how we're talking about here. You know, that, that's all it is. It, it's nothing. It's chump change. Did you email him and he didn't respond? Oh, he didn't. It was Monday. He was already gone. Like, in his mind, actually, he was probably gone in the middle of last week. You know yeah. what I mean? He was just yes. trying to come up with some scheme where it was like, can I stay home and blame it on the snow, even though there's no snow? You know, type of thing. But that, that's how J-Mart works. You know that. I don't even know what he's doing. Thanks for uh, Alex Marvez. I don't even know what he's doing. He hasn't tweeted all week. Like, I, I don't know, like, is he on some sort of sabbatical? Is he like, I, he hasn't sent a text message? Uh, nobody knows where J-Mart is. Uh, that's Alex Marvez. We bring in Ralph Irvin, find out what's shaking in the world of sports. Well, thank you very much, Clay. And we begin, of course, with 14 straight from the Houston Rockets. And it came at the expense of the L.A. Clippers, 105-92. Rockets with three players scoring over 20 points. The New Orleans Pelicans have won seven straight. Anthony Davis, 26 points, 15 rebounds. They beat San Antonio, 121-116. Phoenix ends their 10-game losing streak only because they were playing Memphis, who's now lost 11 straight. 110-102, the final there. Golden State's won four straight. They win in Washington, 109-101. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience in Boston Hammers, Charlotte, 134-106. Kyrie Irving, 34 points in just three quarters of play. The Celtics, Clay, have won four straight. Good stuff, as always. Come back. What would you do if you were trying to save money going to the zoo? Would it involve climbing a fence and trying to walk through the tiger enclosure? Probably not a good move. But one guy did. We'll find out what happened to him next on OutKick, the coverage. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. As well, if you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Uh, Good email that just got sent to me. I want to read. Let me see if I can find it. Um, uh, I did have it right up in front of me right now. One, there's a couple of different ones. Kyle writes in and says, Clay, just wanted to let you know I am not your only listener in Taiwan. I I never assumed we had any listeners in Taiwan, but I'm glad he's not the only one. I live in Taipei and work with college students. I always recommend downloading your podcast 
to increase their English vocabulary. Thanks for all your work. Your show is awesome. If you and J-Mart ever come to Taipei, let us know. Will do. Will do, Kyle. Uh, it's, uh, some of the emails that I get are pretty great. Cameron writes in, and this is actually a really good point. Uh, he says, how come all of these people on ESPN and Fox and Turner and uh, CBS are ripping the NCAA for not paying athletes when they don't play the, the players either, and they're the reason the NCAA has billions of dollars. He writes, uh, uh, it, it got me thinking about how hypocritical the TV networks are that pay billions of dollars to the NCAA. Then they cry and complain about the NCAA having billions of dollars. It is pretty funny. The best comparison I could think of would be for a guy to call up an escort service, arrange for a prostitute, pay for said prostitute, have sex with said prostitute, and then complain about the escort service exploiting the prostitute. It is pretty funny. Like, you hear all these, and I hadn't thought about it from that direction, but you hear all these guys out there like, oh, the NCAA's got billions of dollars. This is inexcusable. Like, where do the billions of dollars come from? Your employer. Like, you are the reason they have billions of dollars because your employer is paying for all of the rights to watch those games. It is pretty funny. Nobody follows that. Uh, interesting analogy there from Cameron. All right. I teased this before. Let's have some Animal Thunderdome music. This is not a pretty picture. Not a good story at all. Cue it up, boys. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. This is Animal Thunderdome. All-time bad decision. There is a $15 entrance fee to the Chinese zoo. Do you A, pay the $15 to go to the zoo, or B, climb over a fence and try to walk through the tiger enclosure to save $15 in entry fees? Well, a man in his 40s that went to the zoo with his wife and children decided that he and a friend were going to save $15 each and climb over the tiger fence and walk through the tiger enclosure rather than pay $15 to go into the zoo. This will not surprise you, but things did not go well. The man was attacked and mauled to death by Siberian tigers while his family watched. It took an hour for authorities at the Chinese zoo to be able to get his body back, and they had to shoot the Siberian tiger that was closest to his body in order for it to happen. Is this the worst decision in world history? I don't know. It's up there. You can pay $15 and allow yourself to enter through the normal gate or you can climb a fence and try to walk through the tiger enclosure in order to save $15. The wife and kids they paid for, I assume maybe they're cheaper, the wife and kids, I don't know. Where does this rank on all-time bad decisions for the Animal Thunderdome? <laughs> uh, that gets a 7. Maybe if a 7, that's got to be a 10. If you don't have the money to go to the tiger, uh, to go to the zoo. Well, some of the stories we've had, though. This is this is may I think this is way up there. 
you have to climb. Think about all the bad decisions you have to make. This is not like sometimes like you're out on an African safari and a lion just attacks you. Like that's just kind of tough luck. This guy, the tiger is behind the fence. It's not like the tiger was in some way like surprising him. He climbs over the fence. There's a picture of him going over the fence. It's a big fence. So you have a lot of effort that you're making to get up to the top of the fence. Then at the top of the fence, you look out and say, oh, there's tigers on this side of the fence. And you think to yourself, ah, they're probably going to leave me alone. Climb down all the way the other side of the fence and then get attacked by a tiger as you try to save the entry fee. I just, this might be the dumbest decision we've ever had in the Animal Thunderdome. You're uh, better off parting with that money. Or just don't go if you don't have the money. Just let the wife and the kids go and wait for them outside the outside the zoo. And how about the idea to even think to do that? Have they done it before? Is this like a common thing that happens at the Chinese zoo that people just walk across the, the tiger enclosure? This seems like one of the worst decisions ever made in the history of mankind. So anyway, if you have to make a decision today, pay the zoo entry fee. Don't try to go across the tiger enclosure and hope you're going to save 15 bucks. I am Clay Travis. Final hour of the show coming up next. We're going to go out to Brandon Wright, uh, Houston Rocket player. They beat the L.A. Clippers last night, and James Harden murdered a man in cold blood on the floor. We'll talk about it with him. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. If you think a train will stop, if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right, it will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Guy who feels like he got hit by a train, I think, probably played for the L.A. Clippers last night. Let's play this audio one more time. This is our affiliate, Fox Sports Radio, down in Houston, where many of you listen to us on a daily basis. This is what it sounded like. And remember, as you listen to the background here, and you really need to see the video overall, which is going viral everywhere, all over uh, all over Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. Remember that this is a road game for the Houston Rockets. So this was in front of an L.A. Staples Center crowd. So the reaction is a road game reaction. That's how ugly it was for the Clippers. Listen to this. Harden one-on-one here. Yeah, James doubling up the Clippers. Clean up on aisle three. Clean up on aisle three. Someone call someone because there's a clean up on aisle three as a man is down. So that whole audience was cheering for the Houston Rockets. You know it's bad when you get embarrassed so badly on your home court that everybody is rooting for James Harden after that crossover to step back and drain that three. It was like Randolph Childress back in 1995 when he was playing for Wake Forest against UNC, and he did the crossover so bad and then told the guy to come back to him and then drained a three. Uh, that was pretty unbelievable all, all night long, and this thing is everywhere. Wesley Johnson couldn't help but laugh. Clay, you see him on the floor kind of smiling he didn't know what to do. It was like he was stuck in quicksand, and his teammates were were laughing. And then if you pause, you see the Clippers ball boy um, sitting where the players check in, and he's covering his face because he's laughing, and he's trying to not let anyone see that he's laughing. That crowd reaction, probably the best crowd reaction of any, any moment in any NBA game so far this so season. So when I watched the clip early this morning when I woke up for the first time, 
I forgot that they were playing in L.A. because everybody was so excited about it. And by the way, we're going to talk to Brandon Wright, who was on the sideline last night in the Staples Center for that game. I think he's going to be up early with us here in about uh, 15 minutes. He's uh, been moved to the Houston Rockets as part of uh, the, the, the trade deadline. He left and bought out his deal with the Memphis Grizzlies. So that in and of itself is going to be pretty intriguing to hear what it was like from somebody who was sitting there on the court. But you need to go watch that clip. You need to watch that video. It is, uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, NFL Combine is going on. NFL Combine is going on. We talked to Alex Marvez in hour two. Uh, this is where we're going to start to find out maybe how all these quarterbacks shake themselves out. Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, uh, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, all different sorts of different guys. Mason Rudolph. Expectation seems to be that around six guys could go in the first round. Uh, so you want to pay attention to that as the day progresses. Also... The uh, college basketball season coming to a rapid close here in hour one. We talked to Doug Gottlieb about this. Uh, We broke down everything that is going on in uh, the seating. And I told you guys that I'm addicted to like the brackets. I get geared up. There's a great website if you are a uh, college football, uh, college basketball junkie and you just kind of want to see what the bracket might look like. Bracketmatrix.com. Uh, collates all 84 brackets where people out there are trying to make their predictions. And right now, the number one seeds, Villanova, Virginia, Kansas, Xavier, Duke, Purdue, North Carolina, and Michigan State are the two seeds. Auburn, Cincinnati, Tennessee, Texas Tech are the threes. West Virginia, Wichita State, Clemson, and Ohio State are the fours. And so I asked a question which has provoked much ire and consternation and discord on Twitter which team has been the most impressive so far uh, relative to expectations? And look, Virginia was not picked very highly. They obviously are going to get a one seed. Uh, you have a uh, Clemson team, which is not picked very highly, that's doing very well. But the four that I picked, and we've got nearly 10,000 votes cast so far, Ohio State, Auburn, Tennessee, and Texas Tech. Auburn getting 37% of the vote, Tennessee 34%. Texas Tech, 15%, and Ohio State, 14% as we come down the stretch. A lot of you are going to be surprised by this because it's a week early. The Big Ten has already started its college basketball tournament. It began last night. There are a lot of games that will be going on if, uh, if you are out there in, uh, in uh, you know just trying to kill time at work. You're in luck because there are earlier games that are going to be taking place today in the Big Ten March Madness is effectively here. Wisconsin and Maryland are playing at noon Eastern. Iowa, Michigan at around 2.30. Again, all from Madison Square Garden. There are four different games that will be taking place today that could have a lot of fun. I think a lot of you are probably going to catch that and be surprised that it's actually going on. But the Big Ten Tournament Thursday edition is rolling with us as well. encourage you to go download the podcast. Uh, as millions of you have done uh, every month as we've gotten rolling here with OutKick. In hour one, like I said, Doug Gottlieb broke down a lot of the college basketball talk. In hour two, uh, we uh, we certainly will talk, and we did talk with Alex Marvez about the NFL Combine, and we're going to talk with Brandon Wright next. Guys, I read uh, that email uh, pointing out that there are so many people who make a living talking about college basketball and the sports in general, myself included, who have ripped the NCAA but have not pointed out that the reason the NCAA has all that money is because their employer pays billions of dollars for the television rights. That is kind of an ironic perspective to be in, right? Like you say, oh, the players should be getting paid, 
but the reason why the NCAA has any money at all is because your employer is actually paying for them. Stunned. Yeah. Si- stunned uh, silence. You're unable to, to even contemplate. I, I, I let that pregnant pause hang there uh, as one of you tried to come up with a response. Way to be on the ball, guys. Wait, wait, no, because you need to repeat that again. So it's a great email, all right? He is pointing out that it's hypocritical, and I do think there's some truth to it, all right? Uh, this is uh, – I have an open email address. Sometimes we get good stuff. Cameron uh, writes in this email. He says, you know, I've been watching all these people on TV ripping – uh, the NCAA, because they're not paying players. But they are complaining about how the NCAA makes all this money, and it's wrong they don't play the, pay the players. And it is hypocritical that the TV networks pay billions of dollars to the NCAA, oh, got then you. cry okay. and complain about the NCAA having billions of dollars. Your employer literally is the reason why the NCAA has all this money. And then he makes the analogy the best comparison I could think of would be for a guy to call up an escort service, arrange for a pos- prostitute, pay for said prostitute, have sex with said prostitute, and then complain about the escort service exploiting the prostitute. It is really funny. Like, if you feel so badly that the NCAA is exploiting all these players, your employer is paying billions of dollars, which is how the NCAA has all this money to begin with. It is pretty funny to think about from that perspective. Uh, I don't know what the solution is. We, we talked a lot about this on Monday. I think the NCAA is in a tough spot now because you literally don't know when the next shoe is going to drop. When is the next coach going to get uh, going to get pointed out as having done something improper? Rick Pitino went down, and then we had a long stretch where no real news came out, and then boom, Yahoo Sports has a couple of different big stories, and then Sean Miller is basically done. There's a meeting going on with the Arizona Board of Regents today. We'll see what ends up happening with him. But there have to be a lot of coaches right now who are not sleeping very well at night because they wonder if they might have been the people who were also getting uh, getting all their phones monitored by the FBI, getting wiretapped. I mean, this is a mess. And they always say, when you've got bad news, you want it to all be out at once. Like everything, put it out there, get it out there, let everybody discuss it and then be done with it. And here we've had like a slow-motion disaster for the NCAA, where every time you kind of get used to this scandal, there's a new one that emerges, and I'm not sure how the NCAA picks up and gets back to normal, especially not with the NCAA tournament brackets coming out in, what, like 10 days from now? Uh, Not this Sunday, but next Sunday we'll be officially getting the brackets and figuring out what's going to happen for uh, for all these teams. I mean, it it is definitely going to be a uh, a mess, and hopefully for the NCAA there aren't more stories coming out, but the drip, drip, drip just makes it that much worse. But I do love that email. It is funny that you complain about all the billions of dollars that the NCAA has when your employer is the one giving them those billions of dollars. All right, we're going to talk to Brandon Wright. He's Houston Rockets uh, for up next but first i want to tell you using true car you can easily find the car you want with true price from true car you can avoid the confusion you encounter online by getting a great price you can count on before you ever visit a dealership the true price includes all dealer fees and accessories true car will show you what other people in your area paid for the car you want now you know what a fair price is so you can feel confident and your certified dealers know this so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business over 3 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. There are over 15,000 TrueCar Certified Dealers nationwide. TrueCar users save an average of over three grand off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 
Some features not available in all states. Oh, man, this was an awesome song. Now, both these kids aren't dead, right? Just one of the crisscross guys is dead? Yeah, one passed away. Yeah, one of the Chris's. Ah, rest in peace, Chris. One of you. Uh, when you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on, on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com backslash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. Well, last night in the Staples Center, Center this happened. Do we have the audio of the call again, guys, that we can play for Brandon Wright in the event that he hasn't heard the actual audio since he was uh, he was there on the sideline? Let's listen to this. Hard one-on-one here. Yeah, James doubling up the Clippers. Clean up on aisle three. Clean up on aisle three. Someone call someone because there's a clean up on aisle three as a man is down. Brandon Wright, you were there on the court uh, at Staples Center last night when James Harden murdered another man in cold blood. Uh, what was the view like from your perspective? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. I was actually in the back last night because uh, I had a knee injury, so I was I was sitting out. Yes, but uh, effect was still the same. <laughs> I mean, it was it was pretty crazy. You see that probably, you know, two three times a year. But uh, you know that that was definitely one of the plays of the year because. You know, James' reaction, he just looked at him for a second and then he waited. Then he shot the three. And, you know, most of the time, a lot of guys don't make it because it's just hard to complete the play. But he I mean, he trained the three. I mean, it was just just one of those things where, like, man, that was crazy. But, you know, Wesley Johnson's reaction was, you know, all you can do is <laughs> you can laugh. That's, that's all you can do. How hard do you think he was rooting for that ball not to be made? Because if he misses the shot, then the thing isn't as viral, right? Because he didn't complete the play, like you said. Wesley Johnson had to be like, man, please hit the rim. Please roll out. Uh, and when he drained it, uh, I mean, have you? what's the most b- embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you on a basketball court? Like something that you did that your teammates never let you get the end of. It could be all the way back in high school, college any sort of level was there something like you think of and you're like oh that's the most humiliating thing that ever happened to me uh i think well uh, high school it was early in my career like i think maybe freshman sophomore year you know I, it was one of those things where you want to hit the first free throw and miss the second free throw yeah i hit the first free throw and then the second free throw i didn't even hit the rim so didn't give us the opportunity to even get the, the officer rebound tip and you know to tie the game up so uh, I basically just blew the game because I couldn't couldn't make contact with the rim. But I don't know if you've seen Kimball Walker had a similar play similar play last oh, night. It, oh, I, against, I didn't uh, even yeah. Yeah, against against Chicago, but he, he airballed the shot, so it it didn't have a, as as much as big as effect. Well, Kimball Walker crushed. I don't remember in the Big East, was it the Big East basketball tournament, I think, at the time, where they got yeah, hot and they couldn't there. lose. And he yeah. crossed somebody over, and it was pretty nasty. I think for a game winner in the if I don't if I'm remembering that correctly, uh, it's probably been five or six years ago. And then the one we talked about, you're you probably what year were you born? I was born '87. All right, so do you remember the uh, the play? You probably seen the video of Randolph Childress when he played at Wake Forest because you went to UNC, so they probably talk about this where he crossed him over, and then he was at the three point line, and he did like the come to me, like, you know, the hand gesture, and then he drained the three. That's the one that I yeah. think of as, like, being the worst crossover ever. Yeah, I, I remember that. Uh, that they play that all the time, like, in the, the pre, um, 
you know, kind of the pregame ACC tournament. They, yes. they played it when I was in the ACC tournament too. So that one was crazy. I think that one might have been the most, you know, well known, disrespectful because he said, you know, come on back up here, and then he just <laughs> knocked it in like it was like oh, it was just nothing. It was unbelievable. We're talking to Brandon Wright. All right, before we get into the role that the Houston Rockets are on, um, you were a incredibly highly sought-after recruit in basketball. You ended up going to UNC. What was your recruiting process like? Was it a total zoo? Like, are you surprised by the revelations that have come out from the FBI? If you had decided that you wanted to make X dollars, do you have any doubt you could have gotten it? What was it like? I mean, because most people are never going to know what it's like to be one of the top recruits. You were a five-star guy, I'm pretty confident. Like, everybody wanted you, McDonald's All-American. How crazy was your recruitment? I mean, it was it was, it was was nuts. Um, you know, every team wanted me. Um, you know, every little back door, side door, whatever you want to call it, thing was trying to go on. And, you know, with all the stuff going on now, I mean, it's, it's no surprise. It's been going on for, you know, however long before me and you were even born. It yeah. just happened to – it's just coming to light now. Uh, it happens every day. You know, whether the coaches know about it or not, they can't stop it. Um, these guys are going to accept money. Um, they're going to go to where they want to go. And who, usually the highest bidder wins. And if the highest bidder doesn't win, it's nothing that school can do about it because if you tell, you're in trouble. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you don't say anything, I don't say anything, you know, hope you come to our school. <laughs> when did people start trying to, like, influence you? Because you're a big guy, so you're a tall guy. People can see how talented you are. Do you remember the first time you got approached by somebody who was, like, you didn't know prior, right? I mean, because everybody's surrounded by people that they've known for a long time. But, you know, was it 14, 15? Like, at what point did it kind of turn into a frenzy for you where you felt like people are trying to kind of try, try to get close to me because they know what's coming? Yeah, it started early. It started at uh, 13 years old. 13? You know, so how does that happen? Like, you're seven, playing in a basketball tournament, some stranger comes up, and he's like, hey, man, you got to go to X school. Like, I'm just fascinated by what what the process is like. You know, it usually happens at those uh, those big, you know, travel AAU tournaments. That's where it happens at. You know, yes. you get a lot of different people in, a lot of, in the same gym at the same time. They see you play, and, you know, it, the person might not have a – affiliation with the school or not actually not an official position with the school but you know they they every, everyone knows that they have a significant role as far as you know getting guys to go certain places or or being involved with the school so it that's how it usually goes down i mean usually you know they try to um you know get you through the back door but i'm interested to see about this sean miller thing because if they got him on tape that will be that will be something that's never happened before like, you didn't hear from head coaches who were like, I'll give you $100,000 to come play. It's like always further down the flow chart if that's the way when you're a top recruit. Is that typically what no, happens? Yeah, no question at all. They, You know, head coaches usually don't get involved with those things. They usually turn the blind eye, even if they do know what's going on. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to have anything to do with it. You know, so, you know, to hear that, you know, they have a wiretap of Sean Millen confirming $100,000 to DeAndre Ayton, I mean, I, I definitely want to hear that. And also, doesn't part of you, I mean, you've watched DeAndre Ayton play, I'm sure. You're a big basketball fan, and he's going to be a top draft pick. 
that also seems like a pretty good deal for Arizona if all it took was a hundred grand to get him to come play for you for a year, right? I mean, that that I mean, it's like Cam Newton. Like, I don't know how any Auburn fan could complain. I mean, uh, the value that those guys can unlock is is so far in excess of whatever they might get paid by somebody, right? It's a good deal for the school or the handler, certainly. Now you hit it right, the nail right on the head. I I was talking to somebody like last week when this stuff went down, and I was like, man, you know. What we bring to the school at the at the time, you know, we're probably worth millions. So, yeah. you know, a hundred thousand, whatever, one hundred fifty thousand, you know, you know, ten thousand here or there. It's just a drop in the bucket. You know that that doesn't affect anything. You know, compared to what they get on their end, and you know, like I said, I'm not surprised any of this stuff is going down. It's been happening for years, all sports. So, you know, it's just interesting to see, you know, what what schools are going to go down, and you know what big-name coaches are really in trouble. We're talking to Brandon Wright. He is with the Houston Rockets. Uh, he was in Staples Center last night. He's recovering from a knee. By the way, how is your knee? How long do you think you'll be out? Uh, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still, uh, we've been on the road, so got to see the doctors when we get back to Houston today. It's always better to get stuff done when you go back home. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, is this something that people are talking about in NBA locker rooms? I mean, is the uh, – is the NCAA scandal uh, for college basketball something that you guys would sit around and talk about on planes, uh, you know, as you're killing time? Is this something that guys in the NBA are following? Oh, yeah, no no question. We're, <laughs> we're talking about it, but, you know, no one is surprised. That's yeah. what people don't understand. Like, this stuff goes on. This is like this is like clockwork. I mean, this this is part of the process, you know, illegal or not. You know, this is this is the way some schools get guys, and – you know, this is the way uh, business is done, and you know, whoever tells, you know, that they they they're the one to ring the bell. But you know, the the FBI is involved, so it's it's getting pretty serious. And you know, obviously the NCAA, they're gonna do everything possible to try to crack down on this. You were a five star recruit in 2006. I'm reading right now. You were uh, like the number three player in the nation. You went to UNC for one year. You were a McDonald's All American, I believe, as well. How many McDonald's All-Americans do you think got something, like in general? What percentage of a McDonald's All-American team do you think are getting something more than a scholarship to go to the college that they go to? Uh, you know, honestly, I would say, you know, 50 to 60%. So it's still, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big number. And, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about, like, I'm going to go over, I'm going to say over 10K or whatever. And yeah. then I'll I will bump the number up even more to like, you know, seventy five, eighty percent for guys who get those handshakes, you know. Yes. You know, full of two hundred, three hundred dollars, you know, from time to time, you know, that you know, technically that stuff is that stuff is illegal too, compared to the uh, you know, according to the NCAA. So it's it's happening a lot. I mean, but you know, if you if you get a handshake from a booster, you know, or um a, a former alum Right after the game, and he gives you two, three hundred dollars in a hand. Nobody can detect it. Nobody can see it. if you don't tell your your buddies or anything. You know, you, no one ever knows. And that happens. Like that's not just a cliche. Like you've seen and, and heard of that happening, where like you literally get like the hundred dollar handshake. Oh no question. Um, but it's usually more than a hundred dollars. It's, it's as much <laughs> as they can fit. It's as much as in your palm without being seen. Yeah, that's that's pretty outstanding. Now, if you were talking to the NCAA and they said, Brandon. What should we do? Like, how would you solve this? Is it even a problem that needs to be solved? Like, what would your – when you think about it from a larger context, you've been involved, uh, you're in the NBA now. Um, 
you know, you may have a kid getting recruited one day, and it might be different for you because that kid, you'll have more money. It, it wouldn't be able to influence you as much as it might have been, you know, when you're younger and you don't have as much money. What's a good solution? Like, what makes sense? You know, I, to be honest, I, I, I have no clue what they can do unless they start playing NCAA sleeper agents within <laughs> the whole country, which yeah. they don't have the means or the power, the money. You know, this, this is not the CIA or anything like that. I don't. I have no clue. I don't think they can stop it. You know, it's just so many guys. You know, these these agencies and these these uh, programs. They can get so many guys that have no affiliation, have no you know no ties to the program. They can can do these things for them that it doesn't matter what the NCAA does. You can have someone so far removed, you know, that you can you know get the job on it. If a school comes up to UCLA and says, you know, we want you to approach these guys, but you know, we, we're going to pay you a certain amount, but, you know, this conversation never happened. I mean, it, it can be as simple as that. You know, they, they'll take care of you, but at the same time, if something goes down, you know, there's no no official record that you were involved with, you know, ex-school. Yeah. It's wild. So you said you got approached for the first time starting at 13. Um, you know, people could see you at these basketball camps, see how talented you are. How do you know who you can trust? Because you just said, like, the sleeper cell idea, which is pretty funny, like uh, double agents, whatever else. How do you know who you can trust? Because you're a kid, 13 years old, like, you're playing basketball, you're good. Like, what do you what do you use as the gauge? You may know you can trust a coach, but how do you know these guys who are approaching you, like, who's on the up and up and who's not? How did you assess that? You know, usually a lot of these guys that, that are doing this are pretty, pretty sleazy overall. Yeah. Like you really can't trust those guys. But, um, I mean, you know, every now and then you get a situation like what's going on right now. Um, you know, you get these these runners or whatever you want to call them that, that they get caught. Most of the time with these guys, you know, you if you do receive money from them and you don't go to their school, you never hear from them again. And then that's how the game usually, usually goes and it's been going for such a long time. But, you know, someone got caught, someone got tripped up here and there and, and, and uh, they blew the whistle and said, all right, I gave such and such to him, 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 and him, and all right, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> That's yeah. what it's coming down to. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's just to me so utterly fascinating. Um, now, a lot of it's cash, right? So if you are a kid and you're 18 years old, how do you go about spending your money? Like, I mean, it, to me it's kind of fascinating because most people out there, and I'll put myself in this category, unless I'm in Las Vegas – it's rare that I've ever seen like a thousand dollars in cash, right? I mean, because and God forbid when you're 16 or 17 or 18, like I, I would have never even seen remotely near a thousand dollars in cash. What's it like to suddenly have access to that level of cash? Because I think the thing people have to think about out there is when you're 15 or 16 or 17 years old, it doesn't take that much money for you to feel like you're rich, right? I mean, like uh, even in college, like I don't know how many times in college I would have had more than $100 in my wallet. You got $100 in your wallet in college, a lot of times you feel rich, right? Oh, no question. Like, you know, when I was in college in the high school, like when I had a couple hundred bucks, I I felt great. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I felt like I was the bank at the time. And usually how these things go is they give the money to the parents, you know, to the uncle, to the brother, somebody who's a little bit older and a little bit, you know, so-called more responsible, they give the money to those guys or uh, gals and they handle it. And then, you know, they give the money to the kids, you know, because, you know, the kids, you can't get a kid 
fifty thousand dollars. They, you know, they would obviously be called in a minute. But you know, <laughs> right. the the parents, the the uncle, the aunt, or the brother, or whatever, then they'll distribute it to the to the uh, to the kids some kind of way. And it's, I mean, it's usually all cash, so it's not traceable. Yeah, and that's wild to get all that cash. Like, I mean, it's I guess delivered in duffel bags. Like, I mean, because again, it reminds me of like Breaking Bad when he starts to carry around all that cash. In theory, it sounds awesome to have a hundred thousand dollars, right? A hundred thousand dollars takes up a lot of space, I think, if I'm not mistaken, right? I've never seen anything more than maybe two or three thousand dollars at once in Vegas. So you start thinking about all this cash business rolling around. All right, I'm going to pivot from uh, the college basketball scandal. Uh, to the Rockets. You've been there now for a couple of weeks. The team has won 14 games in a row. How good are they? Are they better than you thought they were before you joined them? Are they about what you expected? What's making this team work and gel so well? Uh, I mean, the, the, the chemistry is great. Uh, you know, we're just rolling right now. I mean, you know, I was telling someone yesterday, it's just, you know, we're not even playing against the team in front of us. We're just playing against ourselves now at this point. You know, we just trying to get better, um, you know, trying to execute. And, you know, we got about 20 games left, and we're just trying to do what we can to get that number one seed. But, you know, we're just rolling. It's, it's crazy because, you know, I was on Memphis, and we beat these guys twice, you know. And we, we only have 13 games. We only lost 13 games so far. So, you know, to to, lose, to beat them twice and to, to see how they're playing this year, it's, it's unbelievable. It's just, you know, it, it was fun out there. I played it again in the game uh, against Denver a couple games ago. It was just it's just fun out there. No matter what the other team does, you feel like you really can't be beat. Yeah, there's no doubt at all about that. Now, NCAA tournament-wise, uh, you obviously went to North Carolina. How much do you root for North Carolina now? Like, uh, how much uh, pride and, uh, like, uh, you know, dismay, uh, excitement do you get on a North Carolina game against Duke or certainly in an NCAA tournament game? Do you still really get riled up uh, to root for the, the Tar Heels? Oh, yeah, we definitely uh... – you know, across the locker room, we make a lot of bets. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we're definitely trying to – we want to see our school win. And, you know, I, you know, this year it's kind of tough. You know, the, the landscape of college basketball is – Wide you know, open. No team to me – no team is dominant to me. You know, no team really has where you point to and say, you know, I want to put a lot of money on them to win this whole thing. But, you know, Carolina's looking all right. You know, we, we dropped one against Miami the other night, which is, you know, kind of unexpected. But this is how the season's been going. So – yeah, we definitely, you know, we definitely want to see our colleges win. You know, we, we get excited about this tournament. Brandon, I appreciate you getting up early for us. I know it's early out in L.A. You just had a game last night. Get well, have a good flight back to Houston, and uh, pray for uh, pray for my man who got murdered last night by James Harden. <laughs> appreciate it, man. Love talking to you guys. That's Brandon Wright. Go follow him on Twitter uh, at bwright34, I believe. You guys can confirm that. Let me bring in my guy. Uh, whatever his name is, God, Ralph, uh, Ralph, what, what, I'm Ralph Irvin. Am I get it right? Sure. They changed, <laughs> they changed the update guys on me, and then the name's not right in front of me, and I got to pivot quickly. And a lot of times I miss the pass. I apologize. No worries. I got it right because as you mentioned, Houston is red hot. They won in LA, one hundred five ninety two, beating the Clippers. They have now won 14 straight games, three Rocket players over 20 points in that game, led by James Harden's 25. New Orleans, also pretty darn warm, at least seven straight wins for the Pelicans, 121-116. They beat San Antonio. Anthony Davis, 26 points, 15 rebounds in the game. 
Phoenix ends their 10-game losing streak, but that's because they played Memphis 110-102. The Grizzlies now have an 11-game losing streak. Toronto's 111-13. They're victorious over Orlando, 117-104. And Boston's won four straight. They hammered Charlotte, 134-106. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And later this afternoon, the Arizona Board of Regents will be getting together to discuss the Wildcats basketball program and the contract of head coach Sean Miller. Good stuff. That was fascinating from Brandon Wright talking about starting to get approached at 13, 14 years old. He was a five-star recruit. He plays now for the Houston Texans, number eight overall, I believe, draft pick after a year at UNC. Coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And I think I need to hit this one, too. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. It's the most humiliating thing that ever happened to you on a sporting uh, field. Let's talk about that. You guys have one, Danny G and Justin. Think about it. Also, Ralph Irvin. I know who he is. He's the guy who does the updates. Do you have a most humiliating experience in your athletic career? I'll tell you mine next, Fox Sports Radio. It's in theaters tomorrow. Bruce Willis stars in Eli Roth's reimagination of the original film, original action film, Death Wish. After a devastating home invasion, a family man morphs into a badass revenge machine when the system fails him. So he decides to take matters into his own hands to protect his family. The big question is whether the audience views him as a hero or a villain based on how far he'll go to protect his family. Bruce Willis becomes both a force to reckon with and deeply human, full of swagger with a bit of that classic Willis charm. Don't miss this action thriller, Death Wish, in theaters tomorrow. As well, I don't want you to get killed. And in particular, I don't want you to get killed by a train. If you think a train will stop, if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right, it will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. So, obviously, Wesley Johnson getting crossed over last night by James Harden. If you haven't seen the video, it's everywhere. Uh, be the number one highlight that's being shared anywhere uh, in the country. Got me thinking, Most we probably take some calls on this tomorrow. Maybe we'll have some fun with this tomorrow. You can think about this already and be prepared tomorrow to give us some calls. We haven't taken calls in a few days. Most embarrassing thing that has happened to you on a sports field, court, anywhere, right? In a game, you're in a uniform, you're playing. Um. I, I haven't had that many horribly embarrassing stories I can think of immediately come to mind, but I did get hit in soccer one game. I mean, you, you know how when you're playing a sport uh, or you know you're like wrestling around with somebody and you think you get hit in uh, the balls and you're not really sure whether it happened or not, and you're like, man, that seems like it, it seems like I just got hit right in the groin. And for a minute, you think, oh, maybe it didn't. Maybe it missed me. I was on the, on the field in soccer. And there's this guy who must have been had a leg, like a, an absolute cannon. I mean, he could kick the ball like 100 miles an hour in a soccer game. This guy, I don't know where he ended up in college, but he was an unbelievable player. And I was defending him. And he went to make a pass, and he just drilled it. And, like, I cut in front of him, and the, his pass squarely hit me right in the balls. 
I mean, just hit me square as square as you can be. And when I got hit for a minute, I was like, oh, I thought that was going to hurt a lot worse. And I was like, maybe, maybe it hit more of my thighs. You know, maybe it hit my upper, upper like stomach. And then any man who's ever been hit in the groin knows that sick feeling when suddenly you realize that you have been hit in the balls. And I went down like, I mean, like I had been shot from the crowd. Like a sniper had gotten me. And I remember they stopped the game because the ball had like gone off my balls and gone out of bounds. Remember they stopped the game. And I specifically remember the referee standing over me. Everybody's like just kind of like laughing a little bit. And he's like, stretch it out. And I just remember laying there on the ground thinking to myself, stretch what out? How do you stretch yourself out when you get hit in the balls? And just the excruciating pain, I thought I was going to throw up. They had to stop the game. There's a crowd in the bleachers. Like, everybody just looking at you, rolling around, like, holding your balls. That's a pretty tough situation to find yourself in in high school. So I think that's probably the most embarrassing on-field result, on-court, whatever you want to say, that I can think of in my illustrious athletic career. Uh, What about you guys, Danny G? You got one? I do, yeah. Eighth grade uh, coach Cy, I'll never forget the guy, older, buzz cut from the Navy, very old school. He was roommates with Roger Staubach. That was like his claim, oh, wow. to, claim yeah. to fame. So I was representing offense, and Jared, I want to say his last name was Adil, the fastest kid on defense. He lined the two of us up. The whole team was around clapping it up, and he basically said whichever one of us won the fastest on the team, that unit would get the rest of practice off. So, of course, offense is I'm playing running back, so they're all in my corner. We're lined up, raring to go, and right at the start of the race, I'm going to say maybe five, six strides in, I pull up lame, and it was so embarrassing. I'm I'm laying on the ground basically like Wesley Johnson, and Jared Adeel's down by Coach Cy, and I'm just getting booed big time by the offense. Why did you pull up lame? Did you like uh, you know when you're racing? I guess you 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 stress yourself. You just pull too. You start off the finish line too fast, too hard. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So I just pulled. You know, I sat there like a loser though. So instead of helping my squad, my unit, I should say, I uh, you know had everybody running and uh, you know yeah, it was it was all bad. They had to move me to the side. Do you guys remember that feeling like where you think you like every guy out there who's listening to us right now at some point in his life has experienced that you get hit by uh, I bet you get hit in the groin and for that moment it takes it a second for it to be excruciatingly painful and you have in your brain you're thinking hey I, I maybe it didn't hit me and then like it's 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 debilitating like you go down and uh, and it's tough to get back up maybe you don't Justin because uh, you never played a sport right. <laughs> uh, no, you're no, too I, busy I, child acting. Yeah, but I, I do. I guess I have a, I have a story. Um, I, I was re- doing a show uh, called Brothers Keeper on on ABC, and we filmed in front of a live studio audience. And one of our traditions was on Friday before we did the filming in front of the live audience. Me and some of the the crew members, we have like a you know quick pickup game of basketball outside my dressing room. And uh, in this particular episode, Carl Malone was guest starring. It, oh my god! Yeah, so. <laughs> He he was walking and he's on his way to the set and he sees us like starting to play basketball and he goes he goes hey so you uh, you want to play some some one on one and I'm like 
yeah. And he's like, all right, so here you can, you can, you, you can take the ball first. And I'm like, all right, hell yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, drive past him. So I, you know, put my head down and I'm like driving to the basket and I, and I feel like I get past him again. And so I go up to lay it up and he just, he just smacks the ball like 35 feet the other direction <laughs> and the ball's bouncing away. And then he just, he just leaves and walks, walks to the set. And I'm just running to to get the ball. And wait, he said nothing to you. He just no, swatted your shot. He just swatted the shot and then and then left. <laughs> and then goes on to go do the. Show. Yep. <laughs> he That's an amazing you. story. Yeah. How old were you? He was uh, twenty. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'd say I was about uh, eight or nine. Eight or nine, and Carl Malone just throws your shot, doesn't say anything to you, and <laughs> yeah. makes you go chase after the ball. That's yep. tough love. Yep. Oh, the Malone family, man. They didn't play any favorites. Uh, it's Carl Malone. Um, we need to take some calls on this tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. I'm hopeful that I'll still be alive. Uh, poll question is up. Um, and the question, which is a, a good one, I think, is which team in college basketball this year has been uh, the biggest surprise? There are suggestions out there that I should have more uh, options than I do. I'm sorry that I do not because Twitter only gives me four options, but you can go vote on these four teams. I'm at Clay Travis on Twitter. Which team has been the biggest surprise in college basketball this year? Ohio State, Auburn, Tennessee, or Texas Tech? Auburn has won our poll. At least 13,000 of you have voted during the course of today's show. The Auburn Tigers, congrats to Bruce Pearl, the biggest surprise in college basketball this year. What should I have people tweet Brandon Wright to say thanks for coming on this morning? This is a new kind of trend we got rolling. Uh, what oh, should $300 handshake. Yeah. $300 handshake. All right. If you will, if you enjoyed Brandon Wright, he was great in the final hour of the show. He's at BWright34. Is that correct? Brandon Wright, I believe, is at BWright34. Give him a $100 handshake on Twitter. Thank him for coming on, uh, waking up early with us in L.A. to break down that Rockets and Clippers murder by James Harden. I appreciate all of you. Thanks for hanging with us on Thursday. Back tomorrow on Friday. It's Outkick the Coverage. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.